It's just one of one of them things. But you know, as it goes, this Bobby, is how awesome. You doing? <laughs> yeah, going good. How are you, Alex? Well, you know, just uh, driving through the apocalypse weather out there. That's what happens when Arizona sees wet, uh, liquid <sighs> from the sky. Dude, I saw a comedian do a bit about uh, Arizonans being weather pussies, like probably sometime in like junior high, uh, and it lives in my head rent-free every time I was headed over here to record, and two blocks away, construction zone right there on Stapley and um, Southern, uh, I was at that light for five, five red lights, because oh, yeah. people just were, I mean, some of the pylons were falling over and stuff like that, and people were just so scared to do anything and it's like well that's worse so please keep it moving what well also people from the cold are like yeah you guys don't know weather and they're like they open the oven they're like ouch it's hot air they're fucking pussies i agree yeah they can't take 112 120 maybe like come on come it, does, it does take a while to become a um local beer shout out Zeracol, which is a desert uh, an animal that survives and lives in the desert, like a little, uh, usually rodents, but Phoenicians are making this up. <laughs> no, 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 no. It starts with a Z. Four Peaks named an IPA after it's pretty cool. It's called Zeracol. It's, uh, it's a neat little uh, tidbit that we're just apparently not going to get into. Well, but if Four Peaks did it. Well, I, they they named a beer it, and then I was introduced to the word. I wasn't aware yeah. of it before that. I was like Zeracol. What the fuck is that? And then it's like a desert desert dwelling <laughs> animal. Um, <laughs> And that's, I guess, us, really. Because uh, this city is a testament to mankind's arrogance. But <laughs> That's a fact. No but doubt. But this podcast isn't about Xeroquils. It's not. What is this This podcast? episode is about Orlando Bloom. Oh, wait. Orlando. Oh. <laughs> Magic. <laughs> <laughs> this suave-looking man. I just get distracted over here. Stop oh, hey now. So handsome. Orlando, I don't even know your last name. <laughs> I don't have one. It's Orlando Founders. Florida, Orlando Magic. Yeah. <laughs> Martinez. There we go. Yeah. Another Mexican in the house. <laughs> Put totally. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. can't just be me and my son. Well, he crip walked no, down the stairs. You weren't here when you came in, so. Uh... <laughs> Lowered my socks. Yeah. yeah he, he, he leaned out and dusted off the tops of his shoes. It was. He's like, you better, bu- you better. Uh, Dude, I got that stories about button. those days. And I was like, I, I, was, like, about I was like, you're about that life, huh? And he's like, Bleed <laughs> All right. I cut you. Yeah. So, I mean, we established some pretty good I heard you talking about your blaze last episode, eh? <laughs> I broke a, a switchblade from last episode. Really? Yeah. I mean, I've never used a switchblade before. I just like oh, clicked that, it and then still clicked broken? it. And then it, I don't know. Is I haven't rusted? seen Stray Cat in a while. Oh, I forgot that was his. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Listen, man, I don't revisit these episodes. <laughs> I can barely remember what's going on. I revisit. Just... It happened. Three days ago? No, it was a week ago. First of all, ten days ago. Yeah, at least ten days ago. Yeah, forget about that. Yeah, we just posted that one Friday. Yeah, and we're actually uh, running a little ahead these days. Good. Yeah, look at us. Uh, Orlando did. uh, Alex break down this podcast at all to you? Absolutely. Perfect. Yeah, I've been listening. I've I've listened to a couple of them. All right. So it's here. You ever shit your pants? It seems so weird coming live. <laughs> I know, right? You know, yeah, like, oh, I but uh, Bobby does before I answer that, <laughs> do you guys ever play side bets on those guests no. that you have oh, about who shit. you think Bobby has and hasn't? Everything. I'm about to, dude. I mean, do right it before you. Yeah, yeah. Alex, you got a bet? Mm. 
you know, I feel like you're the over, I'm the under. Yeah, for sure. Um, listen, I don't bet on everything like you do, so I'm not <laughs> going to give you points. That's just, uh, <laughs> just the money line? Yeah, just a just yes, money line. Just yes or no. All right. Uh, I'm going to say no. Um, I feel like Orlando Orlando might give <laughs> us a Ben Vandermeer, but he's listened to a few episodes, so I think I think he's going to be real with us. I think he's going to tell us about time he should his pants. You're supposed to grab this 20 I'm handing you under the table real fast. Alex... Pay the man. Oh, pay the man. That's what I'm talking about. I don't know what happened with Ben Vandermeer, but I can honestly say, man, as a grown adult, I never shit my pants. There we man. go. Never. There we go. So You're not getting a high five from me. No, it's all right. Yeah, that's all right. I'm not looking uh, for one. But, uh, but uh, while I'm did, fairly certain Ben Vandermeer lied to us, <laughs> that, that that is believable. Dude, my numbers are growing. Are they? I mean, compared to uh, I mean, of, of like see, of the from, people who from haven't zero, shit their pants. Yes. From the people who haven't shit their pants. The non-pants shitters... Numbers are growing. Like it's mostly yes. But like when we first started, it took like we need more women on this podcast. Other than Ben, it was <laughs> like twelve people that had it, like have, and like two, one maybe right. that had not. In those podcasts that I've listened to, it, it, I think all but one may have, and so I was shocked by that. Yeah, you know, I was shocked, it, just like you were. Just it's you know. astonishing. Yeah, exactly. It's astonishing. You're like, this See, is I haven't done it because I don't think it's normal. And then like you're like, oh what? Well, there are times when it's understandable, like the women that were on, you know, they were ill, whatever the case yeah. was. Um, then you got a guy like Kyle IBS. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but then, yeah. So um, there's uh, something called the Bristol stool chart, which actually <laughs> kind of tracks the. Um, the uh, what would you say the yeah they measure that when density, it's in your own the pants. rigidity no no it, it's in the it's in the uh, toilet bowl you're familiar with the Bristol stool chart aren't you? yeah yeah but I'm saying how do you measure that when it's in your own pants <laughs> well I think you just kind of like instead of on site you just try to feel it <laughs> did did that feel like just all liquid or did it feel lumpy I don't think anybody shit their pants and it's been lumpy yeah anyway no so <laughs> um. Never come close, to be honest. Um, oh, so you keep that, you keep that locked like, down? I do. I oh, do. Okay. But see, it's funny because it, I don't like losing control, right? See, I like okay. being in control, yeah, right? So I don't okay. I don't want to, I never want to be out of control to where I lose my faculties and, you know. So you got to, before you leave the house, you're like, have I had a shit? Exactly. Like, okay, cool. Absolutely. Exactly right. Do your checklist. Oh, and no. Then, I'm chaotic as shit. And then you go back to sports-related shit, and then it's like anticipation, right? Okay, so I know I'm going to drive 40 minutes. Do I know where I'm going to go? How long will I be? Will I have irritable bowel? No, yes. I don't think so. What did I eat? You're so what did I drink? Dude, that's like you go to your. <laughs> I just walk out the door and I'm like, I have to start heading west. Man. That's not me. <laughs> and then I'm just like, where am I eating for lunch? Exactly. It's, no, it's a phone, keys, wallet. Did it how recently I've been to the toilet? Um, yeah, it's. But I was always curious if you guys had a side bet on that. God, we are gonna uh, start. Gonna we're gonna have, have this twenty dollars just pass back. <laughs> I was literally just thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've talked to so many bartenders where we just keep handing the same twenty back, and we're like, "Man, if it wasn't such a waste of a twenty, I would laminate this dollar." Like, <laughs> hey, you awesome. and Rogers have been handing back the same twenty for about a couple he, years. He now. was actually the one that said if it wasn't a waste of a twenty, but like we would do it at uh, when I was in San Diego at Second Chance because we'd have a mandatory thirty minute break. We'd just go to the the other side of the block and go to Rip Current. And I we do a beer shot. I drink a ten ounce beer, hand them ten bucks. They're like, "Hang on to it." I'm like, "No, no, no! I'm tipping you." And they're like, "Okay." I go to work. An hour later, they give me the same ten dollar bill back. I'm like, "I see what you're saying." Exactly. Yeah. Um. And 
that's the way the world should be. I mean, uh, we in Iguana Max we used to be a little more animalistic. It was just like, if you work here, I'm not tipping you because we all work here seven days a week, and mm. we spend all of our disposable income on liquor. And like, I'm going to serve you. You're going to serve me because we all work here all the time. And <clears throat> well, that system was great. Until uh, we started getting a lot of part timers. I was gonna say when someone works one day a week but hangs so, out the bar four well, days a week for the major for the majority of what people consider the golden era of that bar because it was something truly magical for about a six year period. It was the same exact staff every single shift, every single week for six years. Occasionally, like for spring break or CW would go up to Wisconsin, like the schedule would change a little bit, but those were always expected and it was always the same. And regulars could even kind of time their clock to it. So it really worked out. It was this really great, almost like just shared system of like, we're all just going to constantly serve each other. So like, let's just, but then we started getting in like Troy and Audrey and like a lot of these like one, two dayers. uh, And then it started becoming this like really unbalanced system. And then that's when like the whole nature of tipping, uh, pooling changed in the first place because it used to be more of the like the wild west back there. So we're outside bar would like, literally get an arm wrestling contest for the bar for tables anyways that's not what we're here for <laughs> but it's uh, it was a good time awesome what we are here for bobby is go ahead you let me know oh okay well, i was just i was uh, doing a handoff i mean I anyone listening probably could have uh, heard that but i feel i've stalled long enough i was gonna ask how uh how beer week was for you oh it was exciting it was fun um because the most I got to see you in, in such a short right. amount of time. Exactly, exactly. And actually, let's go back a little bit. Over the course of the last eight years that I've been in the industry, yeah, I don't think you and I have actually seen each other that much. No, I know yeah, that's like, what's amazing. And so it's weird to see like how certain uh, certain people in the industry like what their schedule is because like I I do my best to put myself like a month out of like what my mm-hmm. schedule is, and obviously it never goes that way. But it's got like an understanding of like at least I got a plan. And then people are like, oh, I'm on the west side today. I'm like, it's because I, I didn't see it because I was on the east side today. I was right. north and you were south. Like, It definitely know. happens like that. And yeah. so whatever the reason may be, you know, since Beer Week, we've seen each other a few times. A and it's now, great. Yeah. It's great. Um, it went well, man. Um, I initially planned only two events for founders, mm-hmm. per se, because I knew that I was solo at the time and I knew it was going to be busy. And, you know, we've been doing Beer Week long enough to know. That's not what we want to do every yeah. fucking night, right? Yeah. So, were you in the midst of training, uh, Kyla? Kayla. Kayla. Were you in the midst of training here while during beer week? Yes. Or? Yes. That's cr- that's a wild time to bring it, on a rep. It, exactly. It was perfect for her because technically we weren't going to make calls. We are still going to work on our thirty, sixty, ninety. We went to a couple places, but we know that they're not. They don't expect supplier reps to yeah. come in and pitch or anything like that. So, she had events planned with her previous employer. That once she told those retailers that. She was with Founders. They all shot back over at Founders. So that gave us five <laughs> events, not to mention Ooh. those from the guild that we participated in. So basically every every night we were fucking busy. And did it was you know she left night. her last employer on good terms? Yeah, she did. Okay, because if she didn't, oh, what a little salt in the wound of that. Well, and like, there's not been, only did I say, fuck you, I'm yeah, out, but I'm also taking your sales and your call. events. Uh, there was a lot of animosity towards me. Because they thought that I pulled her and poached her, and that wasn't the case at all. Um, well, and that's what, a good conversation start, actually. No, <laughs> so I would say, even if you did poach her, you saw a high-quality candidate, exactly. you wanted her, 
and you got her. Like, she, if she didn't want it, she couldn't, she, she don't leave exactly. the company. Like, I, I've got no issue with poaching. If it happened to me, I'd be a little salty, but I'd be like, that's the working world. Like, right. I didn't give, I didn't give them everything that I promised, apparently, for their expectations. And if they want to leave, they can leave, and I got to find someone new. Absolutely. But if I hire someone, I'm not worrying over the backlash of, like, I can't believe you took my employee. Like, your employee willingly left. This is not slave labor. Yeah. They wanted to come to me. I gave them the things that they wanted, and I'm willing to come to the agreement that this is the employment that they're looking for for this amount of money for that amount of work. Yep. Like, get the fuck over it. Yeah, and I really want to pivot on that energy because, like, like you said, like, that is a human being that doesn't belong to you, first and foremost. And, like, start the conversation where it really starts. Distributors and retailers are literally recruiting grounds for what we do. It is literally built into the system. Like that is con like supplier, like our job is in the three tier system, what you would call like the golden ticket. Like out of all the jobs that people want, like this is the one, even though like once you're doing it a while, you're like, why do you want this? Yeah. You can make more money in yeah. distro. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Stay in distribution. Uh <laughs> now, <laughs> for sure. I mean, I could see why someone could be mad if you like pulled like, Three, four, or five employees, right? Then sure. you're like, it, you're you're oh, seeking out. Well, that, that that's uh, poaching. But one person is like. Well, I think the problem stemmed from the relationship that I had with the owners of her previous mm -hmm. employer because you know there was some mutual respect there, and we always had good conversations. And. But you, you gotta respect that employee's ability to like be able to take job interviews without alerting their employer and putting their job in danger, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. That's as, as someone potentially interviewing people with active jobs, like even if you're homies with people, like honestly, it puts you in a bad spot because it's like, man, like I want to talk to you about it, but like that puts them in a bad spot if you react poorly. Right. And then, so what other choice do you have other than to keep their confidence when you're dealing with their, their decision to go look elsewhere? Sorry, I know it was a little <laughs> mid-sentence right there. So. It's all right. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, it was good. Um, it, it's all water under the bridge now. Everything's good. good. Yeah, everything's good. I think She's most doing people in this industry well. are, uh, are pretty understanding after a little while. You might, you know, it's it takes that. It's, it's little, that initial it's that, shock. It's that, uh, it's that pin poke. You're like, oh, hey, what the fuck? And then you're like, oh, I guess that wasn't that bad, right? Yeah, um, but it was a good time for her to train, like you said. And, um, you know, it was a fun month. Um, all the Look, events that we did. For the listener, did you hear that? Month. How was month. beer week? It was a fun month. <laughs> That's fucking yeah. beer week. Dude, it's a fucking month. Beer it's week. not a week. It's not even a week. It's 11 <laughs> it's fucking days. Listen, I did everything like I could month. to keep oh, it a week. Yeah. I did everything I could. <laughs> Shout out Rob Fulmer. <laughs> Rob? Get it, Rob? Get it, Rob. <laughs> yeah, it was, I, there's some, there was some great events we went to. Um, so we saw Pictionary and then... Um, mm -hmm. Where we won. That's what I'm talking That's about. Right. Uh, He's two for two. The the Arizona. Listen, I, uh, I'm the, not going to defend the <laughs> shit show of a game the locals put up. So I'm and they just were gonna, not good. I'm just going to be quiet and just move on. <laughs> I'm not even going to say out loud what Andy drew as his like hail mary to win uh, uh, because we won twice. I think he, I think I checked out by then because well, we already yeah. won. So. Yeah. And, and in Andy's defense of what he did, there I, was no defense. He. I think he thought I would be less shocked because I I would have understood the reference. I might have guessed it if I actually tried to guess what the fuck he was doing. But I was in just such shock. I was just like, I can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> but in any case, um, before Bobby gets into some of like the more direct kind of probing questions, um, before Bobby got here, you, uh, you gave me a little sneak peek of something. 
uh, Mr. Orlando. You. You. you don't uh, look at me. You showed, you showed me something in that cooler. Oh, 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 oh. And, uh, <laughs> and I just uh, I want to keep us on track here. All right. So uh, he comes in and busts these out on me, like whips well, it first out. off, before I even introduce these, I brought you guys gifts. I brought a 2017 and a 2018 Founder CBS 750 bottle oh, for you guys. God. What a gentleman. So uh, you know you, what we need to do? If you look at the graphics, one has the Mountie and the other doesn't. Podcast So there's bullshit. reasons behind all that shit, too. Look at that. So those gonna, are for you. Were you going to say podcast bottle share? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and well, okay. I guess what I was that's uh, you just had a better idea. I was going to say we'll do a uh, episode where you and me just drink all these beers that are given us guests and just get shit house <laughs> That's a way better idea. What are you talking about? My idea was terrible. <laughs> I like the bottle share idea. It's good people. <laughs> so prior to founders, for those that might not know, I worked for a brewery out of California called Hangar Twenty Four, based in Southern California. That's was, not the one in Havasu? That or? is part of it. Oh, okay. Yes, that is part of it. They're true breweries in Redlands, California. They opened up the one in Havasu as a tasting room. They intended to, to brew there, but it never came to fruition, so it's mm-hmm. just still a tasting room. So always a big fan of their liquid, always. And so one of their barrel ages was um, an, a, an imperial style called uh, Pugachev's Cobra. Okay. So this is two styles that I brought, Pugachev's Cobra Rum Raisin and Pugachev's Cobra Vanilla Rye, both from 2017. Ooh. So um, I don't know, guys. This is fifteen percent each. So. Let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> Are we gonna do all, all of these? Every no, not these. Yeah, no, just drink no, them no. all. Oh <laughs> fuck yeah! That's what they're here for. Uh, Isn't that what this is about? That's what it's about. Plus, you want secrets, right? So yeah, you get let, you get me liquored up. I might have let's some. Let's at least start with rum raisin here. Like I can't. Hold my brewery just. Even, uh, I can't even. My I mean my my brewery's um, barrel program. It's it's quite small. Right, we're only six years old, but like. We just started barrel aging beer, and then and, and and not a ton of barrels. Probably got 30, 40, maybe forty barrels in the whole brewery, and okay. most of it we do is like a membership program to like small groups. Um, but we just did a rum raisin. I never got to taste it, um, so I'm just gonna uh, saltily say that no matter what, this beer is better than my brewery's rum raisin. Uh, no, I, I wouldn't try it. Well, this is what That's five years old now, you know, and if it was bottled in sixteen. Give it uh, another year. Yeah, I think that's one of the... When I first met you, I think that's one of the things that kind of first, uh, at least uh, for me, because I just randomly approach people and start talking, which is so probably off-putting. But um, <laughs> uh, you were working for Hangar. I'm such a fan of this beer, Pugachev's Cobra. Yeah. And uh, I've just always kind of been a fanboy of it. And um, yeah, and you've... Uh, I mean, you've always done an incredible job representing the brands you do in this industry. But Thank you. Um there's never been anyone quite like, um, quite like the way you presented Hangar Twenty Four in the in the market. Like you, you did a really good job of like that's where making sure like cores were out in the market, making sure you were supporting events, but also like busting out the the good shit when necessary. Like for a beer school or like cool events, and then keeping it relevant to a hype market that gets really shitty when beer's available in their market for some reason. <laughs> but um, and, and and so even still like uh. I feel that Pugachev's Cobra has this almost like availability here, but almost still that allure a little bit. I agree. There are a lot of people in the industry that still are um, members of the program. Oh, shit, you guys are already drinking. I thought we'd cheer. Oh, the fuck? Oh, you know, I'm just, you know, you know how I am. This is wonderful. Dude, it smells, shit. It smells so, so boozy. Incredible. Yeah. For the listeners of this audio medium, I was wrestling that wax for a minute, so we'll um, we will get the video as soon as we figure out how any of this works. But um, after having uh, McNasty on, but um, holy hell, this is good. That's a great beer. Thank you for sharing that. 
My pleasure. I, I can't wait to get into the vanilla. I'm I a big know. fan of vanilla, so. You know, I was, uh, I used to have a, a, an amazing cellular beer. And then I just couldn't find excuses to open bottles. Same I couldn't get me. people to come and drink them. And then I really eventually, the like, problem, yeah. there'd just be a day where I'm like, I've been trying to get someone to come over and drink this beer with me for well over a month. I'm just cracking it open, drinking yeah. it. And I'd get like maybe three quarters of the way down with the bottle and then like, You're I, hammered. Well, yeah, I'm like, that's, <laughs> that's that. I really wish. And like the, the it's the, the solemn amount of like, I wish there was someone to taste this with me. Dude, like, and, I would have rather only had a quarter of this bottle and shared it with three other friends than just to drink three quarters of it by myself and be like, well, that's all the booze I needed and it was delicious, but. Well, and to that, I mean, I, I, I believe that I experienced the same thing with my own cellar, and I, and I think that that's pretty common, at least among suppliers. Beer nerds are still kind of their own thing, and they have their own kind of like networks, but um, there are a few retail owners. I mean, we've talked about a handful of them on the podcast recently, but that are starting to build like um, industry-specific culture around their bars. There used to be a couple breweries that were pretty industry-heavy that... Um, you know, just kind of as things expanded more, like it became more about like making sure you're hitting accounts rather than just your friends' breweries and stuff like that. <laughs> was that 2014? <laughs> yeah, you know the, the Beer Research changed. Institute. Times have changed. <laughs> Times have, have changed, and they're and they're the the new generation of like industry heavy hangouts, especially is like the craft generation of uh, industry workers enters its like eighth or ninth generation of like new people that kind of work in this market, right? Like there are this new generation, you know, Adam and Kelsey are definitely leaders in that like retailers who kind of like are this focal gathering point for people that uh, do what we do. And they're in, and, and a lot of them are in this very infantile stage of where they're, they're, they really are bringing us together in this really positive way. And um, I am looking forward to more of that and being able to like yeah. have the ability to be like, man, I can really just like take this like, but it's like hurting cats and, um, luckily, I used to live next to like two or three supplier reps in the East Valley, and two of them moved. So now it's just me and another guy, which is fine, and and he's cool as hell. But it's harder to like grab one or two fifteen ounce bombers and start cranking through them on a Wednesday a when, a when there's cooler. two of you versus four. It would have been a lot cooler if that rep that you lived next to you wasn't that cool, and you dropped their name. But whatever. I mean, shout out Ben Vandermeer. Uh, I'm sad you're no longer my neighbor. And it was so cool when you were. And I love you. Um, but I mean, my house is still red, so I'm, I, I, I'm going to stay there. <laughs> Plus, uh, Tempe's too expensive. Ben, why did you move to Tempe? So, Orlando, you've been in this industry for a minute. It's been a while. What did you do before you got into beer? It's been a while. Non-alc. I worked for Pepsi for 12 years oh, no up shit. in San Francisco. That's where I'm originally from. And so I worked. For, I was playing ball in college. I played college baseball. And I thought that was going to be my career, to be honest. For sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. People see me now and they Especially go... Especially when you're in college, like, you're like, dude, I'm going to make it. Exactly. Well, and if you're, exactly. And if you're they gonna, draft everybody. Yeah, right? And if you're going to make it, you have to believe it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? So people see me now and I tell them I play baseball and they go, oh, were you a catcher? I'm like, no, bro. <laughs> see, I was a catcher. <laughs> I was 60, no, bro, I 60 pounds lighter, bro, when I was in college, man. I was a shortstop pitcher. So um, when that didn't work out, I ended up um, working for Pepsi. And I was working for them for 12 years and uh, thought I was going to retire with them. Just work up the ranks. Yep, exactly. So, and so... What kind of prevent... What is entry-level Pepsi? Merchandiser. Okay. Yeah. All so beverages, almost merchandising. So almost, all, similar, almost similar to beer. All sales side. Pretty much. Okay. Yep. So they worked around my college hours. That's how I was 
you know, I just needed to mm-hmm. earn some money. And shooters shit, so. love a good college kid that wants to Dude, merchandise. <laughs> did you ever get to see any of the uh, like the Pepsi facilities where they're like? Were they actually? Be, no, the main headquarters. They have one. They had one in Dallas, and they had one in Somers, New York. And so the main one was Somers, New York. And so um, no, never went out there. Only worked for the distributor. Um, out in Kelly. Okay. Yep, San Francisco proper. Okay. So I was with them for twelve years, and um, a new manager came in. Who I fucking hate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it f- caused all kinds of problems. And so, why? tell me why? Because he was an asshole. <laughs> pretty much because he was only about respect he didn't really work hard he didn't really do anything um, he wanted he wanted uh, he he liked delegating and it's hard for me to work for anyone that just delegates and he wanted free respect not earned respect yeah exactly yeah. well see that's a good that's a good point because my belief is that everybody has respect but Absolutely. it's what you do and how you act and the character you are and things you say that either gains or loses respect for Absolutely. you without a doubt yeah, yeah. and so that was him he was he was just a delegator, and some managers are like that, right? Some managers will only delegate. Well, I have a problem with that. Th- mm-hmm. There are a particular part of the population that are very comfortable in what I would call middle micromanagement. These jobs that do not need to exist, but for some reason, people have been convinced that employees need to be watched like children. Um, and it's people who get comfortable there that, like you said, it's just like cool. You just like being in charge. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Like, what is just being in charge? Like, are you doing anything? Come exactly. On. Exactly. Yeah. And, it, you know, I've always been the type of manager that is hands-on, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to train you. I'm going to mentor you. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to work with you. I'm going to show you how to do things. It's do as I say. You know, not do as I say. Do as, yeah, do as I say, not as I do type of thing. Oh, but, but watch how I go about doing this and incorporate what you can mm-hmm. to better your situation. If you don't do anything, that's fine, too. But at least, you know, I'm, I'm there helping you. Yeah, well, one of the biggest things is, like, when you're, so, like, it, you know, it's that mutual relationship. The the better you train them and the, mm-hmm. the more success you bring for them, like, getting them to success as fast as possible works in your favor. But also, vice versa, like, if they're working hard and, like, and you go and help them out in the field, they're like, oh, dope. Not only do they get me as a successful rep, but out there making, helping me make money, getting more relationships, more placements, all those things. So when something does go astray and they're pissed off about something, you're listen, I'm still on your side, right? Like I'm not, we're not against each other. We're on a team's and like, that's the best kind of management where you're like, Oh, I'm pissed off at this change in the company. I'm going to go to my boss because I'm mad about something as opposed to like, well, fuck my boss. I'm going to go around. I'm like, you want to, yep. you want to be that first point of contact. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and he was not like that. He was just very, very unsupportive. Um, so he was going to be one of my stories on, you know, places I left. You know? Yeah. So he fucked. This well, is a Coca Cola. So, dude, house, I, I, let's just get into it. Yeah. I had twelve years vested with this company, and this and the and his predecessor was one of the fucking nicest dudes I've ever worked for. I still stay in touch with him to this day, and I haven't been with them in twenty some odd years. Damn, that's impressive. It is. That, that, a matter of fact, I've stayed in touch with yeah. a lot of my coworkers, Hangar Twenty Four coworkers, Pepsi coworkers. So let's hear about this piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, dude was a frat boy. Total ah, frat boy, man. And he put my he, hat on backwards real fast. <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, the golden boy. He was brought in by HR that knew him and knew the family. And so, um, you know, he was on the golden ticket to, to, for advancement. And he ended up getting into a general market or, or general manager position for a facility much sooner than he should have. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he was younger than me, but that's not a problem because I don't have a problem working for someone younger. I don't have a problem working for women. I don't have a problem working with people that 
know yeah. how to lead if, and know how to manage, if, right? If you could inspire me to get out and work, I don't give a shit. Right. So, so anyway, he was the delegator, right? So he would tell us what to do. And if you had any type of concerns about what you were going to do or other options of what you wanted to do or how to go about doing it, he wouldn't listen. Yeah. No, fuck that. You're going to do it this way. And he would talk like that. No, 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 no. Come on. You're doing this. Wild. Yeah. So, so we, I wasn't with him a long time before I said, 12 years, I'm out, man. Yeah. Fuck you. So you kind of did like a, a smirk that wasn't a facial expression I've seen you do before. So did he have like a signature facial expression that really bothered you? Because it felt like you were emulating it just then. I might have. What did I mean? Uh, I, yeah, there it is. Because you were just like, you, you said the thing that also, it just sounded like he had like this catchphrase and facial smirk that... It was just, I, I, yeah, we've known did. each other for a while. That's great. He did. It's like a yeah. dismissive swing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it didn't look like one of yours. And I was just like, oh, what was that? No, I don't have those. Yeah, it was one of his, man. <laughs> so. Wait yeah. till, wait like six more months we'll get Kayla on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I've done it. She no, knows where her bread is buttered. <laughs> <laughs> the worst part, she's like, wait, he's listened? <laughs> Do you like your life? Oh man, no man, he was a piece of shit, and and <laughs> and to be honest with you, he ended up lasting probably two years after that. Oh, Sounds geez. like a long time, but that's not long. Yeah, and they it, let it's him. Hard. It's a long time Some for people you to last. stick around with yeah. a shitty boss, right? right? Like, because that's that's Ugh. that's seven hundred. That, that's dedication, hoping days. it's gonna get better. I wasn't like, there two years. I was oh, with him oh. probably six months before I realized I need to get out. Yeah, but so, at that point, it was there for two years after, like, by the yes. time you left. So, yeah, oh, but think, that's, nephews. like, you know, 700-something exactly. days of, of shit job. You're like, I don't want to work with this That's guy. right. I did that for maybe nine months at one job. Mm-mm. And the whole time, I was, it was just, I just started hated the job and just kept going. I was like, nobody's going to respect anybody with three months of something on a resume. Like, I got to stick it out. Six months, I was like, well... If I hit six months, I'll be good. And that six months, I'm like, no, I got to get one year, just one fucking year. At nine months, like, I was like, I'm out. Done. I'm moving to San Diego. I don't care. <laughs> no. So you moved. Where are you from? Are you here from here? Yeah. 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 But I happened to. Um, I knew at that point I wanted to. I I only got that shitty sales job because I wanted to get into beer sales. And I'd been in beer for so long, but nobody nobody wanted to hire a 23 year old uh, as their sales rep. Right? right. And I'd done a lot in the industry. I was home brewing before I was 21. Got in the industry at like a, like a month after I turned twenty one, and I'd done a little bit of everything as far as brewing for a brewery, and, and so I, I knew my shit a lot more than some people that I was working with who were five years older than me, six years older than me, because it was a hundred percent what I wanted. I was I I didn't know I knew I didn't have to go to college to figure this out. Right. I just had to work harder than the person next to me. Yep. Um, so I took that sales gig, and then I was like, "Fuck it, I'll go to San." I've always wanted to live in San Diego. I'm young. Um, I'd take any beer job. Like bartending, cellaring, brewing, I don't care. Right. I just want to be by the water. And it ended up, ended up working out Beautiful. in that path, but it, it very easily could have not worked out. <laughs> and you end up working for a San Diego brewery. Yeah, it ended up working, it ended up working out nice. That's um, awesome. So straight from Pepsi to... to no, there were some stops in between. So stayed in the beverage industry, um, went from Pepsi to Arrowhead Water. Okay. So I stayed in the non-alks. Yeah. So went to Arrowhead Water in a higher kind of middle management position. Is, is the uh, is the NAs as Wild West as I've heard? Or no, like... man. The beer is much more. Really? Oh, absolutely. Well, you can't like... 
do that, you, like you can't discount beers down unless it's quantities because there's just like straight up laws with non alcoholics. You could well, that's true. Smaller no, there's true in there. So is, you know, is it slotting fees? A lot of breakage. Keep, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, is it slotting yeah. fees that keep a lot of it reeled into like a handful of competitors rather than of like you know it, it's it's weird that like. I guess to your point that in the industry, you can have some random brewery that's three years old, talk to enough right people who know what they're doing in the industry that are open about how things work and end up at a meeting with Safeway um, and stand a real chance of getting on the shelf without spending money. And as we are entering a non-alcoholic phase of my company, Hmm. I'm starting to learn a lot about like, there is just an expectation that if you're going to be placed on a shelf, you will pay for it. And I'm like, but it's alkaline. <laughs> and I'm just like, what the fuck is going on around here? Right. And so, um, it, it first, it kind of shocked me when you said that, but it, I just thought about it for a second. It just, it does make sense that it would be tamer because you're only, you're in a much smaller competition pool. Like to be honest, like, not that it was any more fun. I think it's still really fun. It was just easier to get shit done five years ago in craft beer yeah. here in Arizona because there was like 60 less breweries open. Mm-hmm. And um, it's probably 50 less breweries out of state distributing to Arizona. And exactly. well, but on both of those notes, each one of those breweries has an equal opportunity to sell a keg into a bar that replaces Miller Lite just as much as anyone else does. I mean, Miller Lite's a bit of a big swing, but even big craft brands aren't protected in the same kind of way a slotting fee protects you. Yeah, in the craft beer industry, what, six years ago, we were all fighting for domestic handles, right? Now we're fighting each other for handles. Mm -hmm. You know, we're fighting wholesaler to wholesaler and, you know, state to state. So there's challenges. Um, It's certainly not as easy as it was five, six, seven years ago here in the state. Oh, yeah. But with non-alks, yeah, you you have the option to... There's a lot of trading that goes on, so it's easy that way. There's a lot of ways to get around the shrink. There's a lot of ways to, you know, account for what was shorted. Some guys got got popped, you know, stealing. They they fucked around with CO2 tanks, you know, because there's deposits. Uh, yeah. You know, just like kegs. So just so, r- real quick, uh, you th- you slid in some industry lingo right there that I actually am familiar with. So for the listeners, shrink is theft that is calculated into lossage. So um, it's actual theft. That is planned shop. for. That yeah. is a, a cost of doing business, if you will. Yeah. So there was a lot of that. Um, but getting back to your original question, yeah, I, I think it's 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 wild wild west more in the in the beer industry. Okay. Yeah. I bet those uh, the samples were pretty lame compared to the beer industry. <laughs> Much more lame. <laughs> hey, Airhead, you want to trade samples? I got Dasani, dude. Uh, <laughs> That's a Coke product. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna throw a gentleman named William under the bus, but he stopped working in the state a long time ago. But when he was the polar rep here in Arizona, and they were with CCD. He like polar. made friends with me. I'd give that dude like one case of beer, and he would stack me with seltzer, just stack me with it. And like he kind of like, which is nice because I, I don't really drink soda. And they did have this, like some really great like zero cal or whatever <clears throat> options. And I started using for mixers like. For events, I started building cocktails around him. I just he was giving me so much, and then he he moved out of state, and I was like, "But no, yeah, why your free, free bubbly water?" But it, it just to your point, it's just like it's so lame. You're just like, "Oh, I found someone who actually likes this. Here is all of it." That's that shrink. Yes, yes, sir. That's it right. Is. It's not shrinkage. Yeah. Shrink. Listen, Polar, sponsor me. <laughs> I was building cocktails around your seltzer brand. Come on. 
So after uh, after Arrowhead, after more Arrowhead, I got fired. I lost Ooh. my job at Arrowhead. No shit. Yeah. Were you doing something only, shady? No, nothing on like that. He's shotgunning water it, on shift. To, to be honest, a new a new guy came in. Didn't like my work ethic. Didn't like what how I went about it. Instead of kind of coaching me through it or talking to me about how to improve or what I need to focus on, he cut me loose. How old were you then? Good question. Uh, what was I? Thirty-two. Okay. Yeah. Do you think he was right? No. Perfect. That's okay. a great question. Yeah. No, I don't think Because I've right. talked to a lot of people that are like, yeah, I was a piece of shit when I was working there. Like, I didn't care, so I just fucked no. off. But. I cared. And I gave up 12 years of security to move on to something like this. Why yeah. would I not care, right? Yeah. And so. Yeah, actually, yeah, back to that, because this is your second. Yeah, this was my second job. true job and still in the beverage industry. And I was with them for 18 months. And th- there was kind of a reorg within the organization, which is something that we've probably all experienced at some oh, point. Yeah. And so there was some sense of me possibly losing my job, but that wasn't the reason he gave me. So that was, yeah. So he cut me loose uh, 18 months. Then from there, I went into um, Era Mark on the uniform. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. You talk about it. Oh, yeah. I was there 26 months, which was 25 and a half months way too long. (laughs) Oh, man. My dad worked for a... uh, uh, a company like that where they do, you know, the, the linen service, yep, the, yep, all of it. Yep. And, and he liked it. And then he got he got um, furloughed forever after uh, shutdowns. But uh, Aaron Marcus, specifically more like uniforms, right? No, there's divisions. Okay. There are divisions. And, and if I would have stayed in, in the beverage side, the food and beverage side, they had that division. But I chose to be a district manager with the linen and uniform service. Okay. So like more like hospitals, like uh, yeah, restaurants. Yeah. You talk about some gnarly shit, man. You're mm-hmm. picking up towels that have maggots on them. Oh, yeah. And, oh, fuck. It's just because, disgusting, you know, man. These people but, are like, I got to wipe down this this uh, grease trap yeah. and then throw that towel. Exactly. Like, you can't, I can't reuse that. We just have to throw it out afterwards. Right. Like, yeah, they don't It <laughs> was don't so, care. dude, it was so, for as big of a company as they are, they were unorganized. <laughs> and it was disgusting. I mean, they literally, when you brought in bags of the dirty linen, it was tagged with um, papers that you rolled up and you had to tie them into the tie. And that paper was what was used to determine where that load came from. A little piece of paper. Yes. And if that paper got lost, you don't know. So you, you upcharge. You upcharge whoever it came from or whoever it wasn't on that list more than what you should. No way. Oh, dude, there was a lot of shady shit. Oh. So I left that shit. Yeah. I left it and I ended up getting a much better job with 7-Eleven corporate. So I was with 7-Eleven corporate. So I've <laughs> fuck, man. I'm sounding like I'm I've had this resume like know, 20 right? fucking jobs, man. That's, but this is I'm building it up. <laughs> That's how I got where I am now. Two things. Uh we're at 4, not 20. <laughs> Just real quick. He's like, "Don't worry, I got 16 and, more." And uh and I how much time and, we got? And, and I and I believe it uh just listening to you talk about kind of your, your experiences, you know, uh, and, and Bobby as well, like where you, and, and I was there too, like in, in a mode where you're like, well, I need to stick it out or whatever. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and at least, uh, especially on my resume, I've got some huge chunks of just like, I stayed here a decade. I stayed here a decade. But if I, if I printed out my true resume, I've got a lot of a month, mm. a week, Two weeks. What? I uh, less than forty eight hours is one of my favorite stories. But you got to sometimes be willing to walk away, and well, especially need, in an industry we, that you we, know nothing about. Right? We need to normalize being okay with like, oh, you were only here for a couple months. Yeah, it was not for me. Right. And I acknowledge that, and that is a strength. True. And because you, I am a personal believer that you should punt 
your weaknesses. If it's not passion fueled and you're not good at it, move the fuck on that's, and steer into your strengths. That's interesting that's because I didn't have much passion for the previous jobs. Mm-hmm. I needed a job, right? Okay. So you get a job and then you realize you want to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. So yeah, you absolutely. try to make it work and you uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know, you stick it out because you one, you don't want to jump from job to job, right? Even if you don't like it, well, you're so totally kind of contradictive bad. to what you just yeah. saying. But, um, yeah, you're right. It looked bad, and so um, well, I think that's you know, like especially salespeople when they're jumping from job to job, it's it, some salespeople they go, I-, I can sell anything, right? It's, it's the idea that I'm a problem solver, I'm, I'm a customer service kind of person. So if you go, I'm I know I'm good at problem solving and customer service, so, then. I can do any sales job, right? Because you're using those two main main things to. Ju- it's our consumers. Their problem is they need they need beer to make money. Our solution is hopefully the product we have is the product they're looking for. It's, yep. so it's filling in that that money making item, right? But you can you can take that with any style of sales gig, mm-hmm. and you've been in sales for this. So it, even though you go, I needed a job. For what Alex is saying is like, yeah, I might push it like quit because it wasn't what I liked. Well, maybe I didn't like exactly what I was selling, but I liked the idea of what my job was. It was yeah. a sales thing, solving the solving problems, being being a creative Absolutely. problem solver, uh, cha- challenge yourself those ways. So yeah. you may still love it, but not necessarily like, I don't, I'm not passionate about linens or bottled water, right? It, but tech, I like what this job pushes me. Textiles is hard, no doubt. Yep. But also like, I think is, is salespeople who are good and and I know we've talked about it a lot, but like I have a tremendous amount of respect for what you do and how you approach it, and mm-hmm. uh, and and the way you like the way you are professional and and also kind of like edgy and innovative at the same time. So, um, and again, a lot of the point of this podcast is to bring people on who are just like these iconoclasts and trailblazers and people who like think differently. And so, anytime I'm talking to people and they like they're like, oh, I had this job and this job and this job, it is always, in my opinion, a reflection of those companies. I'm like, why wouldn't you retain this person longer? Like, holy shit, like. For the most part, people who stay in sales most of their life are good at it Mm -hmm. to one degree or another. It's either a lack of coaching or understanding of where someone's strengths lie or giving them something to be challenged by or interested in as a company. And I think that that, again, this is the kind of talk I try to more normalize because there is this whole stigma about like, I even remember being like, oh, if that person like jumps one more brewery, it's going to look terrible. And but why are we talking about that? Because like I'll hire someone who's worked at a dozen breweries if yeah, I know their if I know their gangster. Exactly. Right. Right. So it's just, just have to, I know that I'm gonna have them for about ten to fifteen months. But I want that hard ass worker yeah, right. who's great for ten to fifteen months. You just got to know that it's gonna last <clears throat> not that long. My job has now become convincing people like this is your forever home. <laughs> or just tell me how long you're going to be here. Yeah. And I can work around both of those things. Yeah. But like, I just want to get life out of your way. And if you like that, let's hang out for a long time. And if you're just like, hey, and, and I've had employees that are pretty upfront with me. They're like, hey, you know, I'm only going to live one more summer in the city. So if you want me to like stay in the company, like we got to talk. And okay, cool. Like, let's so at 7 Eleven, do you get free snacks? Ooh, those samples. They ain't work in the store, bro. (laughs) I could, yes. Well, those kind of samples. I would just imagine you know how to like a local shrink. Yeah. (laughs) Yo, how many free hot dogs you get? I just just, hot dogs, taquitos, man. I imagine you walk into a Seven Eleven and you just grab a Snickers and he's like, "That'll be a dollar fifty." Like, (laughs) I'm with corporate. You just throw it in his face. I got to own this bitch. The Seven Eleven gig I had was probably one of the most fun and and most 
rewarding and understanding and knowledgeable jobs I've ever had. Keto's, dude, I get it. <laughs> dude, I see these QT guys because I feel like that's this generation Seven Eleven. Yeah. QT is this generation 7 correct, correct. And I see the fun those guys have, and I'm like, holy shit, it must have been a blast. Well, it was a blast, but the role I had was called a business development rep. So Ooh. what you did is you had a subgroup of franchise stores, right? Anywhere from 8 to 10. <clears throat> and you were responsible for helping the franchisees grow their revenue, mm-hmm. right? What a fun fucking Oh, job. dude, it was hel- it was awesome because yeah, in the process... You're just coming up with ideas to exactly. like make their stores You have up. to be God creative. Damn. You have to be innovative. But more importantly, you're just... able to see trends. And so you, mm. you pull the reports. That's the biggest so, thing exactly. I was going to ask is like, this is working here. Give it a shot. Exactly. Like, exactly. I've heard of second chance. You, It's not authorized nationally, but you have the autonomy to bring it in because you can get up to 15% of... Um, non-authorized items in the store. Mm-hmm. Let's bring it in. Uh-huh. I think you have the customer base. And if it moves, they look at an average of beer. They look at an average of one unit per store day, one PSD, right? Mm-hmm. And if you sold one PSD, that was good, yeah. right? Especially if it profited. Oh, yeah. And with, with companies like ours, independents, that don't um, discount or don't have... Oh, shit. My mind went blank on... QDs? No, not QDs, but when... Post offs? Yeah, post offs. Okay. Thank you. So if you don't have a post off, yeah. um, you're going to generate more more revenue. And so the cooler was called the vault because that is where all the money came from. Oh, right? yeah. The, yeah. The Good revenue, boy. the profit. Seven, that, that's good behind the scenes knowledge because yeah. uh, were you still in, in San Francisco at the time? Yeah. So, um, I covered the South Bay. I was actually living in San Francisco but working in San Jose. Oh, oh, you know, okay. too yeah. short in the so bay. I know, I know, too uh, short. All right. So he's from Oakland, at, bro. <laughs> he always does that, like rapping about the bay, though. <laughs> the bay look, represents, man. If, if you look at like at least like the Valley Seven Elevens, uh, they're not considered like the higher end Seven Elevens. Like if you look at like San Diego, mm. like they don't they they are a significantly higher tier of an account to be in. And when they started doing their uh, their single serving uh, beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that went from a good account yep. to a great account. Like I would have accounts hit me up and be like, "Hey, uh, if you can send me the, uh, you know, three or four cases of whatever SKU you had in, and just not have pack text, it'd make my life a lot easier." Yeah. And I'm like, if I don't have pack text, which is like for the listener, the the plastic liner that holds the cans on the top, and they go because I'm moving. I put your your six packs up there, which are pack text, but I'm moving. <sighs> tenfold single single units out of my store that's more profit yeah and so another thing oh shit fuck i just lost my train of thought again post offs it's the fucking beer it's the fucking dude we just started drinking listen that's <laughs> half of this podcast is me trying to remember what the fuck i was just talking about as he's texting so at 7-eleven doing all the uh oh. the uh, exciting <laughs> stores and all the little changes and Saying that you can get fifteen percent of non. Yeah, thanks for, for thank you for trying to drive it back, but I no, can't remember. That's all right. Yeah, uh, I'll remember soon. So Sorry. the uh, at Seven Eleven, so you were working with uh, ten roughly stores. Yeah, and they rotate. So depending on how long, technically they change it up every year because they don't want you to get stagnant. They don't want the franchisee to stagnate. You're changing your stores every year. Yeah, and, and so is that wow? So I actually have some questions here. Mm-hmm. So uh, is that based on like the like? So I guess what metric are you? Oh, go ahead. Let's just no, I remember. So you were talking about um, how some sto- how some stores took off and were more profitable. Depending on location, though, some stores are going to do what they call uh, a one point five million dollar store, and other stores could be over two million. But there are many stores, many Seven Elevens that were under a mill, right? Mm-hmm. So franchisees' salary comes out of his profit. 
And so okay. if, if a franchisee store, if they're in a, a shitty location and they do 700000 for the year, his salary could be $36,000. Oh, my God. And he's there seven days a week. Ooh, so That's not good. So no. And so so you he really, can't hourly himself out. No, he cannot. Holy cow. It has to come off the books, properly rec- recorded yeah. um, through that. And so if it's a two-point-plus million-dollar store... They could easily be six figures, you know, or it, it depends on what they want to take home. Yeah. If they want to take home 70, fine. If they want to take home one 150, they could do that too. How does but, that work? Because who takes less? It depends on how much you want to put back into the store. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So if you, depending on the employees you have, the employees okay. you need to have, yeah. the stock, everything and receive everything and all that stuff, is you there, have a manager. Is yeah. there a new refrigeration <laughs> unit you want to like expand beer with? Although kind of. Yeah. Like, okay. That, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. 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 So that's what I wanted to say. I remember because there was this one guy, man. I don't remember his name. Good guy. Really good guy. Dude was 42 at the time, looked 72 because oh all God. he did was work 24-7, seven days a week. And he fucking, his store did. I looked at his record and he was taking home 42000 And this was, you know, 2006, right? And, you know, and he had already been invested in that store probably eight years at the time. Any store that you were part of, do you ever see him fail, like? shut down yeah some have some have they just didn't know how to run it and and some of them were uh, know-it-alls yeah. you know no we're gonna do it my way you know so as a business you know uh business rep you kind of coach them and you work with them it's yeah, just like it, my job is to make you more money exactly like, but it's also similar to what we do when we talk to uh, yeah accounts yeah. now how you kind of want them to it to be their idea you yeah yeah <laughs> You're yeah. right. You're right. I'm glad you came up with that. You're so smart. <laughs> you like so, already have the calendar invite to send. So out if you come, ha- like, oh, you decided it. Click. Yep. Yeah, I can't believe you made right. that idea. If you spin it that way, they're more willing to work with you. But there were a lot of know-it-alls that failed, and you know whether they admit it or not. Oh, this is perfect because this comes right back to what I wanted to ask you. Uh, so, as a business development manager, and with your changing it up whether year to year or season to season like we have resets right that kind of like mm-hmm. in two different ways disrupt chains here um what metric was your success based on like it maybe not even success maybe even just the changing of stores like if you got a store up and going and like they know what they're doing like they don't really need you anymore now that they've like embraced how it works or does a store that does become more successful with you do they want to hold on to you as their business development manager longer because like and again this a billion questions like is are you just tied into part of their franchise fee so they've always got one of you or someone like that is part of their franchise fee so it's in their best interest to hold on to like when i have like a good cisco rep for instance and that person has nothing to do with how i market my business and it, but they do they, they are helpful and like they, they right and in and, and tom shout out i don't want to like downplay he's he's giving me some good ideas to go to market with but like it's it's a bit diff- different relationship, mm-hmm. and I hold on to those people like it's life or death. So, like, how does that work on your end? The franchisees can fight for you. They, you know, because every year they know that the following year you're gonna get shuffled. Okay. And oh, so it is just a straight shuffle. There's no metrics. No, there are metrics. It's, okay. it's based on overall subgroup uh, volume. So okay, the the better business development managers will probably get the higher revenue stores. 
okay. because they're willing or they're more knowledgeable on how to help them grow. Especially okay, so, so it's always trying area. to grow. Like once you've helped someone get to this level, it's always about getting to the next one. Absolutely. Okay. And so if if you struggle in any way, and I could have a subgroup of 10 stores, mm-hmm. eight of them can do well to struggle. So what will happen is that those two will probably go to someone else okay. the following year. Maybe a couple of the other eight might go someone else. But if a franchisee really wants you, the district manager will work with you on making sure that they can keep you because you've built that just like this industry. You've built yeah. that relationship, right? It's the people so, business. Man. Would you see harder metrics on like lower dollar stores and higher dollar stores? No, I imagine that's a good question. If you saw like these guys are doing like 2.3, you're like, well, that's like nationwide. Nobody's really doing that much more than that. Like I, it's so much harder to get from 2.3 to 2.4 than like a $700,000 store to get to a million. Like, I want to share something with you, man. Cause this is, it leads right into that. Um, Ooh, I like this. Yeah, this was awesome. Awesome and, and shitty at the same time. So we didn't get to the point where I left the company because of the fucking person that came in and managed me and was a true bitch. So well, we'll circle back. Yeah. Prior to that, <laughs> prior to me leaving, I was down here in Arizona for spring training. And I walked into an account. I don't remember who it was that had a pick six in a C store. Right? You know, the, the yep. mix and match. And it was new at the time. It wasn't common. So I brought that back to Hell the Bay yeah. Area. I brought it back to the Bay Area. And I ended up leaving. I quit right before I instituted it. Right? Right okay. before I implemented it. But the people I worked with that were friends of mine, I gladly handed it over to For them. Sure. So the one individual that's in my mind ended up running with that in the same stores that I had. And she won... Um, business development manager of the year no based shit. on that because that the amount of you. yeah that would have been you <laughs> could have been could have that would have earned you a shiny new plaque <laughs> could have been a contender <laughs> a pat on the back so um what was the real like there every job has shitty parts to it, right like what was the bullshit that came along with the 7-elevens basically the only bullshit that I encountered was working for one individual that was very non-supportive. It was almost similar to the one I had at Pepsi. Similar. Okay. So is this the true bitch? Yes. All was. right. Let's do it. What was her name again? Christine Carr. I'll call Ooh. that shit out. Fuck that bitch. Love it. Yep. I didn't it. give you the guy's name at Pepsi. <laughs> no, listen. You were very respectful about that. Um, was I? Christine Carr. I don't know. <laughs> I'll give you his uh, name. I, uh, 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 let's uh, line it up. Mike Wolf. Mike Fuck Wolf. Fuck you, Mike Wolf. This bitch is howling at the moon. And Wolf and both the cars. I just Fuck. Like, he's howling at the moon. You're just showing him your asshole. Mm. Fuck Mike Wolf and Christine Carr. Well, yeah. listen. So uh, from straight from Pepsi into beer. Yes. All right. Oh uh, no, straight from Seven Eleven into beer. What I say? Pepsi. Oh yeah, no Seven Eleven. Sorry, yeah. So listen to this. So is the yeah? Oh no, no. I think you're about to tell, but I was just like, is the pick six and like the introduction to like your interest in craft related or is there a previous interest to bring you over here to the alcohol side? Um, previous craft interests. I was going to say, cause a lot of what you're saying is the ball is where the money's made. So you're seeing that yep. mm-hmm. beer is moving. Yep. It's, it's a big focus on seven 11s. And so you're already paying, I'm assuming paying a lot of attention to the product that's are coming into these things. Like sorry, so, starting to see more. Sorry. You were good. No, that. go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> No, you no. guys stop. I've listened to a couple of your podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, um, 
was were you seeing like um were you starting to see uh macro lose space to the long tail of craft like a little new belgium here a little sierra nevada there is that where you're starting to see absolutely that's okay. that's exactly what we brought to the attention of the franchisee so when you look at the trends you also have a relationship being built with the wholesalers right just mm-hmm. like the business development managers out here probably know some of the reps from hensley and crescent and sure. so on yeah. right so we did the same thing so in the process of trying to create proper shelf space for those items that sold, a couple of high domestics got cut because they weren't making the volume. Mm-hmm. And a couple expanded because they were. Mm-hmm. Well, that caused waves. So there were, um, there were a lot of um, angry wholesale managers oh i imagine oh i imagine so is this is this i got like, challenged to go outside is this fucking like alleyway MGD one six, time oh seriously oh do you I, fuck that I dude up that. we didn't fight oh. i was like he's me, a big motherfucker i was like tell me just went out of the park i wouldn't have, i wouldn't have backed down though he used to be a shortstop in college i look like a, a catcher pitch, now a, 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 bro but you got that pitch and i just go out and break him in one <laughs> get out of here dude i couldn't believe it man how he approached me because he was like why are you fucking doing this? I'm like, well, it's based on volume and it's based on what we do as, you know, go, well, let me go back. Cause this is, I'm now no longer with 7-Eleven. Okay. I'm with a wholesaler now. I'm okay. with Crescent Crown's sister company called DBI Beverage. Oh, so you're in the Miller network? I was. Okay. Yeah. So I was because I got recruited by them. And when I lost, okay. when I left, I lost, when I left my job, um, they had a position created for me at DBI Beverage. And it was basically a new business development manager for them okay. that oversaw C-stores. All right. Yeah. So, <laughs> Back so, at it. Yeah. So because of the relationships I had with the franchisees, they knew I was going to, you know, and the fairness that I had in regards to volume and numbers and APDSDs. Listen, you know? if it's working, it's working. So a lot of their volume was the Coors Light and the, and the Blue Moons and shit and the New Belgiums that they had. So what was feeling? Is this the, because uh, I'm, I'm familiar with a lot of the macro fails. So is this MGD sixty four? Is this Miller Chill? What what era is of not is is <laughs> this era? Is this Bud Ice? Era, like what era? era of like macro bad ideas is this specifically? Well, <laughs> it was around that time. It was when Blue Moon just started blowing up. It was you know two thousand nine. Okay. Yeah, it was around two thousand nine, and so. Oh yeah, I re- they, dude, they were spending money. In this yeah, they game. were, they were, and I think they just started coming out with seasonals at that time. Oh, dude, I I went to because uh, I was a buyer at the time. Uh, I went to a Blue Moon beer dinner hosted by the inventor, <laughs> <laughs> like at Valley Ho, casually. <laughs> like it was a different fucking time when they would just roll out the red carpet like badasses for just launching a market. Like it was. It was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. It's it, when I was still courting uh, my now wife. Uh, that was one of the Chris. Uh, yes, Chris. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know that story? No, but he just said courting yeah. his wife, and you said a guy's name. So, well, um, actually, this is uh, go go ahead, Orlando. No, I, no, I don't want to interrupt. Uh, oh, <laughs> you were on a roll. All right. All right. <laughs> so. Um, Tell me I, your I'm, last wor- I, I'm working at a place no one's ever heard of called Iguanamax, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm now the the craft buyer. And uh, this is the time where pyramids like rebranding. This is a time where Blue Moon's yeah. kind of cutting into the market because, and this is actually their number one market in America. FYI, industry secret, um, Arizona. 
So uh, it, it is. It's the number one blue moon market in America. Still um, to this day? Yep. Wow. Still. Uh, Fort, what do you think Fort Peaks Wow is about calling you out, guys? Yeah, right. Um, so they, uh, they're like, oh, hey, you want to come to a blue moon beer dinner? And like, I'm selling craft beer to Guanamax, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this... And uh, and they assume the, 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 well. There's also a, there's also a funny backstory about how me and Jacqueline met when I was working at Iguanamax. Is she had kind of come in for lunch or not lunch? Uh, happy hour with a coworker afterwards. She was kind of just trying to like meet an obligation to move on. Like, like it, I drive a BMW. No, no, it, it was one of her female coworkers. She's like, come have a drink with me, and she's like, I don't like. She's like, so I, I I'll just go have a drink with you. And then that's the day I met her, and yeah. so she sits down and like I'm new into the craft. Um, industry ish like as a buyer and so i'm really pushing craft i'm very young I'm very passionate i'm 25 26 i'm very young um and she comes in and i am immediately into her and uh so i want I, i'm trying to show off i'm such a fucking dipshit <laughs> and she's like i'll have a blue moon and in my brain i'm like she's picked outside of the domestics she's ready for some craft beer <laughs> and i'm like we're out of that and i'm about to pitch into craft beer and she's like cool i'll have a bud light I'm just like, oh, oh okay. I, I, I thought your selection would have improved after that first one, but uh, I guess I'll go get you your Bud Light. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought I ordered a beer, not your opinion. Oh. And I was like, sassy. And I was like, <laughs> I no longer like you. Which probably speaks to like how I was raised. Uh, so after I immediately fell in love with her, so I bring her back a Blue Moon and she's like. See, it's a difference between people like uh, who haven't shit their pants and have shit their pants. <laughs> Uh, we go, oh, you gave me this sass? I'm not into you anymore. People who have shit their pants are like, spit in my mouth. Do you hate me? Yeah, fucking rub dirt in my eyes. Like, Listen, uh, find you a woman where you don't got to pay extra to get your mouth spit into. That's all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I uh, I bring her back a blue moon, and she's like, I thought you were out. And I was like, this is the they one did, part... They did this old Brewers game where, like, we found a keg in the bag. No, uh, this, this, this is the part where I'll probably misremember it. Uh, the rest of it, I try to tell as accurately as possible because she loves to point out when I uh, do embellish certain parts of the story or try to, like, make it sound like I wasn't a complete asshole. Um, but uh, she's like, oh, where did this come from? And I think I said something to the effect of, like, oh, well, I was just testing you or just some dumb shit that you say when you're in your 20s and you're just blown away by a woman who's about to be your wife um and and my best the guy who was my best man stray he was there that day we he was actually our last guest and uh she went outside to like smoke a cigarette and he's like oh that is you with tits and i was like oh that's why i'm into it uh cool and so we've been married uh 13 years uh, congrats man all but, right, let's get back into you. It's all right. But, uh, yes, uh, so I didn't even get into how we went to a Blue Moon dinner, and that's <laughs> not even important because I really do want you to explain the crisp bit. It's it's pretty funny, and we are here to talk to you. So, um, yeah, him and my wife uh, call each other Chris, and there's actually a pretty funny backstory here. We were at a guild event, um, what, five years ago, six years uh, ago? Rob Palmer's house party. Yeah, that's right. Yep. That's right. And that was about six years ago. And so it's the first time I met Wait, you. Guys have uh, been to Rob Homer's house? Oh, his mansion, the compound. MVP? Yes, I've, I've only ever seen like the back of his head when he ignores me. Oh <laughs> no! If you, uh, we'll see. You got to get in front of his face so you can get invited to the mansion. That is never going to happen. Well, we were a brewery in waiting 
for the guild okay. with Hangar 24. Ooh, yeah. he came, he's he, stroking you off. Like, no, oh, oh, come no, in, oh, come no. into the mansion. No, no. Orlando came to kiss the ring. <laughs> Other oh. way around. <laughs> I was invited. And he so I, atten- I attended. Um, beautiful place, bro. Mm. Right? It was fucking Jesus. Anyway. So I meet Jack for the first time. And I don't know if he was on a bender or what, but somehow he... <laughs> yes. He introduced me as Chris, <laughs> mm-hmm. me as Chris. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then I said, Chris. And then she said, oh, your name's Chris. I said, no, is your name Chris? <laughs> and then he said, Chris, Chris. I don't know how I said that. So we, to this Just day, keep call calling each other. Chris. So I don't know if he thought I was That's Chris Wheeler, yeah. which people tend to fucking think I am. Well, uh, in fairness, <laughs> you're both you insanely handsome Prison men. Home. And you sort of have the same handsome ass features. What, oh, is it my fault that you're both extremely handsome men? Me and Rob? No, me and Bob. Oh, Bob's oh, also oh, Chris? handsome. But I mean, you guys yeah. both have the silver hair, he just the silver goatee. Keeps, keeps handsome Looking men around great. him. Stop. Listen, I learned I a like long time ago going. that <laughs> I was. I've got to change my look, though, man. It's getting stagnant. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I full beard. I've got at least a half job. It'd be all white. Dude, ladies love it. Yeah. They don't love this. No, but they love the white. Like they love. Well, you that don't want to be like pepper. Steven Seagal with like raven black. <laughs> they love the. Uh, they love the salt and pepper. It's distinguished. Yeah, Jacqueline always tells me she's waiting. I don't for know me how they get, feel about uh, the peeps, salt though. and paprika. <laughs> I'm sorry, he cut you off. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, I was. <laughs> it's a good joke. It was. I missed it. See, this is this is the podcast. Uh, I'm sure the listener missed it too. Yeah. <laughs> but they can rewind. But I just did the salt and pepper reference. Uh, Jacqueline, because I'm red bearded, is always like, I can't wait till it's salt and paprika, and I'm like, they're all caused by <laughs> you. So good. keep it up. <laughs> Jacqueline is so much funnier than you. Uh, isn't she? Uh, I don't even know how you carry conversations because you both are fucking hilarious. Uh, <laughs> seriously? Yeah. Oh, seriously. Sometimes, like. The reason I hang out at home a lot is because we just hang out together. And we also, just they just awesome. talk over each other yeah. so much. It, it, yeah, she does get mad about that. It, yeah, she does. Uh, but listen, uh, we just sometimes we'll just like, but we riff well, right? Like yeah. that whole like, you know, uh, neither of us were ever in like theater or improv, but we really just riff well. And, and there's sometimes we'll just be dying on our back yeah. patio, just I like bet. having such a blast. And, and again, there's this joke I talk about with Jacqueline all the time where it's like, introverts be like, I know a place, and then go home, uh, which is what <laughs> we both do. Um, and it's a little bit because we're old, and uh, I'm over a decade in this industry, but a little bit of it's because like she is my best friend, and she's awesome. fucking hilarious. Yeah. And I, I just get to hang out with that all the time. And if I get an opportunity to hang out in the backyard while we don't have responsibilities, she's Definitely, because she's been on podcasts. Everyone knows she's much funnier than I am. But I'm about to start a podcast with her, uh, dude. <laughs> I've, tried to, I've tried to start a podcast with her. She's the well, Dan's the only person she more earned, unreliable to starting a podcast than she is. But she earned some confidence after coming to ours, uh, no doubt. And I've been trying to get I her do to do. Want to get back to how he yes, even got sorry. Her in this? Yes, sorry, yes. <laughs> just so so anyway, that's the Chris story, right? So yeah. Chris. to this day, we still call each other Chris. So we were at Paul and Liz's wedding. I introduced my mm-hmm. wife to him, and ja- Jacqueline says, "By the way, my name's not Chris. My name is Jacqueline." Yeah, she goes, "Oh, okay." It, it, it had been a while, so then actually, I remember that I was like, "Oh yes, yeah." <laughs> Where was I? So, uh, how you got in the industry after 
Oh, uh, 7-Eleven. Yeah, you started. So I got recruited by... 7-Eleven was Aramart. No, I was with 7-Eleven Corporate. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then and DBI then I, Beverage. Exactly. I got yeah. recruited by DBI to be a, a in a creative role called uh, business development manager for C-Stores because of the relationship I had yeah. in that area. <clears throat> so in the process of doing that, I started understanding beer a little bit more. So that's the first time I got into the alcohol. Um, I was never working spirits or wine before. It was always non-alc prior right. to that, yeah. right? So got into the beer. That was 2009. And that's specifically beer, right? Specifically beer. Yeah. 2009. So started um, resetting all of these Seven Eleven stores based on their volume. Which so this DBI is that sister company of Crescent Crown, which is like a major distributor of Arizona. But correct. they kept you in with Seven Eleven because of what you have done with Seven Eleven. That's exactly right. They created this role That's for perfect. me. They recruited me and recreated this role for me. Now the guy that recruited me, I knew for years because we had always seen each other through the industry, even though I was working on non alcohol the guy that ran the facility, the general manager, he and I worked together at Pepsi when I first started. I was his merchandiser and he was the oh, sales no rep. Shit. So we've always okay. maintained that friendship as Small well. world. Dude, that's why you don't burn bridges, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm not dropping names except for those fucking assholes oh. that I don't like. And I know and I'm not going to see. Christine Carr and Mike Wolf. Mike Wolf. <laughs> Mike the Wolf. <laughs> yeah, he thought he was. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's always some douchebag with a name like that who's it? I'm the alpha and it's like, Jesus, please. He had these big buck teeth. Oh, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to send this episode directly to his wife. Just kidding. He's been divorced three times. There it is. (laughs) Which wife? (laughs) They all love to hate him. Obviously none because he's not married. Yeah. Because they keep leaving. So So from there. um, DBI. How did you you dig that? I loved it. I fucking loved it. I won't. Dude, you got to stop telling me you like all these things because I really want you to get to some shit talking. Like, <laughs> well, the the companies I left were some shit talking, right? I yeah, mean, I could still go back and we could talk those shit <laughs> to, to those about those, man. But did we adjust some volumes right there. Uh, did we? I feel like you just got quieter. Hello. Um, well, can you hear me? Go on. We'll find out. <laughs> uh, your levels look good. We're good. Right. Ladies. <laughs> um. Well, now I went to six to midnight. Go on. I'm trying to remember where I was. DBI. Yeah. Yeah, we're transitioning into uh, 7-Eleven to now. Right, right. Like, so you're in distribution. So, you got to yeah. get to being so a anyway, Yeah, so I was working for a Miller Coors house. And at the time, Coors Light was um, the sponsor of NFL, right? So some of the volume was oh, growing okay. as well. So during that time. The bull train. Right, exactly. So a lot of the volume, a lot of the volume in 7-Elevens were growing on out of the, the suppliers that we were carrying. I just okay. got louder so, now. I can hear myself. Oh, yeah. You're, Was that you you're, that I turned you up? You're turning his cans up. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I'm oh, trying to hear myself. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the he, you just turned him up. The levels are fine. You just need to adjust your, your cans. Keep going. Um, so yeah. anyway, um, yeah. so in the process of doing these resets, our brands out of our house were growing, but the brands out of AB's house were not. And so I was making those cuts, and they weren't happy with it. Now, a lot of the, the liquor laws... Oh, we're laws, talking about the alleyway fight. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So the liquor laws were, you need to let you need to notify your, your competitor at least 24 hours in advance that you're doing a reset, right? So... You had to let your competitor know this? Yeah, you had to let your whole, the other wholesalers know because you were going to be still, touching their product. Is that still the law? I, it was in California. I don't know. Oh, geez, yeah. Weird. So... California loves So technically, laws. on the 20... Third hour and 59 minutes, I call and leave a voicemail and I say, Hey, I'm doing a reset. 
at store store so and so if you have somebody if you have somebody yeah that was a dick move (laughs) it It was a dick move but fuck it that's that competitive edge bro it is exactly but it was all fucking business it was all the up and up i i respect that you you waited 23 hours 59 minutes right you like i did my job exactly who else is sitting there counting a clock right listen they didn't think of it that's on you that's that's called innovation bro that's so Get to a store, do a reset based on in the schematic that was already approved by the franchisee. So it's not like, you know, AB can come and say, hey, no, man, this doesn't work. It's based on it's based on numbers. And this is what the franchisee approved. Mm-hmm. So anyway, you know, sometimes they send somebody, sometimes they don't. And if they don't, then I'm doing it all by myself. I'm yeah. doing the actual reset. I created oh, the schematic. Yeah. Because you know, trained in that. Because if they don't send someone, you got to touch your product. And that's the exactly. thing. Exactly. Okay. Yep. It's so wild that they even have laws that you... Uh, you can't change things like it's like oh it's like a legal schematic like fuck you if the owner of the company wants to change something they should be able to do whatever they yeah, want you would think i don't know here i don't know i haven't been involved in that since i've been in arizona um i've seen some i've seen some distributor reps almost get into fistfights over touching products so i don't know that it's necessarily a law I'll touch your product is, bitch just as much <laughs> as it is people try to have to handle their own shit out here <laughs> so from from there, uh, so how? What was your first like beer gig? Like so, like obviously that was a beer gig, but like so as as I was working there, I grew up in San Francisco, right? So Lagunitas and Sierra Nevada were always in my backyard. So those were the the two craft beers that I I got started. You could on. see those companies from your backyard. Literally no, but they were close to me <laughs> yeah, enough yeah, to where yeah. it's like, yeah, I'm drinking this shit. Yeah, um, and that's kind of where I started building my palate. Then when I started working for DBI, I started listening more to all the supplier reps that came in and, and spoke to us at the GSMs, right? The general sales meetings. Did you hate IPAs when you first tried them? No, I didn't. Good for but, you. I hated mine. The yeah. first time I tried an IPA, that was terrible. It was different, but I knew it was something that I could probably continue to build that palate on. Yeah. Um, but I knew that there was much more out there that I wanted to try. Certainly. Matter of fact, one of the stories of of sour beers the first time i tried a sour beer mm-hmm. i was at an event and we got there with my general manager got there a little early and he goes hey have you ever heard of sour beers so i said or have you ever tried a sour beer i said i never even heard of a exactly sour beer. yeah you know just so he goes dude he, he goes you're gonna love you might not like this but I'll, you're I'll, gonna I'll, love it <laughs> yeah i guarantee you in 10 years these are gonna be the entire rave yeah you know? and so i tried it it was fucking gross what was it um i don't remember the brand uh. but in hindsight bob it was fucking delicious. I bet. It, in I hindsight, bet, yeah. it, was, it was. Y'all aren't ready for this, but your kids are gonna love it. <laughs> um, exactly. I think mine was uh, the first sour beer I ever had. I had it at the Beer Research Institute because they had oh, some okay. guest beers, and it was. We had. It, I think it was like what goes up from. Oh, what's that failed brewery that starts with a D out here? Dubina. Uh, Dubina, yeah. And but we also had. <laughs> they didn't fail. They sold. Mm. All right. If they were failing for long be time. as kind as you want, Norlando. Uh, <laughs> I so I love them. Yeah. If, <laughs> <laughs> if you put a, in my <laughs> mind, they sold. You can. You, I, I, Jared, I consider Jared to be a friend, but yeah. I mean, they didn't make I stand money. By what I said. Cool. They didn't, right make, they didn't so, make money, uh, but it was them and uh, New Belgium's Letawa. Ah, that's. And I remember being like, "What goes up? Like, let's." It's very clever as opposed to let terrier. Like I'm looking at it purely. Let terrier. What goes up? Oh, it's a goza. That makes sense. Uh, I'll do that. And the uh, my buddy who was serving who'd been in craft beer for a little bit longer. He's like, she's like, do you want to try the? Do you want to taste both of them? Because I just ordered it. And he's like, do you want to taste both of them? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, good choice. 
And he comes back with both. I'm like, he didn't even say which one it was. I was like, I'll take this one. He's like, that's not what goes up. <laughs> and uh, But I tried the Letois from New Belgium. And I was like, holy shit. This is the first time I ever tasted craft beer. Or a, a, a sour. Mm-hmm. I was like, I love this. But the first yeah. time I tasted an IPA, it's like, this is dog shit. And <laughs> all my buddies who had the like the Goose Island mix pack, I go, you can have all of those ones. I don't want anything to do with it. What them. was the first IPA you tried? Goose Island's IPA. Oh. It was in a, It was literally in a uh, like a mixed 15 yeah. pack or 12 pack, what it was. And there's three of us. So we all got. It had to be a 12. There's a company that I know that started the 15 pack. So. <laughs> that <laughs> I know that? pretty well. Mysteriously. <laughs> um, question. Um, do you now understand how clever the name is? Letois. Rather than Le Terrier. And you're like. Dog, I am French. Well, I mean, okay. I have no idea. Okay. I have no idea. I have no idea. I'm just asking. It is, it is fairly clever, but. Uh, Do you? No. See, we ain't French. So. Uh, it's and we actually, don't shit our pants. Well, it, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's actually. So. Anyway. It doesn't matter. It does. Uh, well, no. Let's hear it. Well, uh, We're waiting. Listen, the educational hour with Alex. Uh, Toa or Taro or Toa, however you want to say it. Basically, just means like from the earth. It's all about micro regions. It's how like wines made. Um, my distillery specifically does Arizona Toa, which is like all the grain we make our spirits from is sourced in this state. We nice. buy it all out of Clean Creek, and uh, we're, we're starting to add more farms up and down the I seventeen. But all of our grain sourced here. It's about like microtizing a climate, and while borders are made up. Um, Arizona does uniquely capture the largest port of the Sonoran Desert in America, and most of our state is consistent of Sonoran Desert high and lowlands. So there is actually a unique taste that comes out of the ground here, which is what Tua is as a concept. That's great. So, okay. Um, now that said, I hated both sours and IPAs the first time I tried them. <laughs> <laughs> He's bringing it all together. It's I love it. it. And uh, I actually let, had the leveled up version. And I had La Folie. Oh, I, I really like La Folie. For, I think Letois is La Folie is one of the most brilliant sours ever made. The first time I tried it, it punched me in the face like a trucker. And I was oh, like, yeah. what the? Because my friend's like, oh, you ever had sour beer? Because like, I'm working for a brewery. Yeah, if you haven't and, had a sour beer and, he's and like, you, you taste it for the first sour? time, you, you, you don't know what to expect. Like right. I remember listening, like talking to someone at, a, at one, of my, uh, one of the bars I worked at, and they're like, yeah, they're like, what's a sour beer? I'm like, sour. And they're like, yeah, I understand the word sour, but like, what do you mean by sour? I'm like, beer like face. tart, like lemon, like, and I'm like trying to pull all the, all the names, like, like, all, like the terms I have right. for sour. And he's like, I just don't understand it. And I'm like, let me just grab you a sample. And I bring it back to him. He takes a sip. He's like, oh shit, that's sour. I'm like, uh huh. Like, like, so when I just you tell don't people realize, like a warhead now, and that tends to work better. When you think beer, you never, it's it's so hard to like so have your wrap your head around, like, oh, this is sour like a warhead to beer because I don't. Well, like, the, the yeah. born on date marketing campaign from Budweiser in the late 90s, early 2000s about bitter beer face, like all, and then like hearing extra special bitter, which actually is a very common, more neutral style. Like, it's all these connotations of, like, the complication of our own language here in the country sometimes, I feel. Because it's, like, bitter beer face. It's, like, yeah, bad beer that's out of code is bitter, Mm -hmm. but not in the same way an IPA is. And, yeah, it can be sour, but not in the same way a sour is. Right. And there, I think there was an established lexicon of beer terms that were, like, because for me, like, my... 
I'm selling beer for a brewery for at least a year at this point, right? And he's like, oh, you ever had a sour beer? And I'm like, why would I drink a sour right. beer? And he pulls out of his closet in a paper bag <laughs> a lawfully. And at the I got time, stories about that, too. Let's hear him. Oh, oh he's going on. Well, he'll talk for 12 no, hours. That's all right. I want to listen. I learn from him. <laughs> all right. I don't know if you know that, but I do. He's, he's a, he's a super intelligent man. The yeah, only thing you're I learning agree. from me is what not to do. Uh, <laughs> Remember what I said earlier, right? <laughs> we learn and we absorb and we use what we want to use. So one of my favorite, like, before memes were memes, they were basically in this format that was like uh, like demotivational.com motivational posters, like in the office where you'd see like perseverance and they'd give you some quote. But then I found a website called demotivational.com. And they had basically like it was the uh, the antithesis of that uh, fourteen dollar word. Um, so <laughs> one of my favorite ones was it's this picture of a shipwreck, and it says purpose all big under it, and underneath it it says sometimes your only purpose in life is to serve as a warning to others. Hmm. And I was like vibes. Yep. So, so let's hear that's... about your story about sours. <laughs> No, it wasn't about sours. Was about sours. No, that wasn't it. I didn't. I didn't have a story on that. No, we're talking about pulling beers out of the closet, bro. Yeah. Oh, I thought the. I thought beers it was out of the bag. He beers said no. He bag. said pull okay. out of the bag, man. Pay so. attention. <laughs> well, the beer was La Folie. Yeah, sorry, man. No, as soon as he said beer in a bag, it brought me back oh, to my fucking teenage years. Tell me about beer in a bag. All right, man. So, growing up in San Francisco, I grew up in an area called Bernal Heights, which is just south of the Mission District, right? So during the era that I grew up, there was a lot of cholo gangs, right? There was a lot of Latin gangs. Hey. And I was a wannabe. Sabato. Orale vato. Hey, hey, I, I still, hey, man. See, si, way. I still, I could still way. talk to them, you know. <laughs> you want to meet my jaina? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's weird. Every time I go back to my old restaurant, Outback, man, I just get a little more brown. <laughs> it's real white up front in Australia, but shit, when you come in the back, all of a sudden you get tan. Fuck you, kill me. Oh, fuck. So. <laughs> Dude, I wish I could show you pictures, man. I mean, there were times where I was like baggies, Pendleton, fucking hairnet, uh, fedora. Dude. What? Dude. No hairnet. Yeah, is under the fedora. Thing? Yeah, uh, hair that, was the, that was the tolo cholo, man. Ooh. Well, the hair was slicked back, right? Yeah. And so you had a hairnet to maintain that because you didn't want to use the hairspray, so you had to use the the net, kept it tight, and when you took it off for any reason, still look fresh. Yeah, it's he still... did mention his hair like three times before we even came in. <laughs> Dude, he's got good hair. <laughs> he does, but he did mention it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> You gotta like, mention those good qualities. Fucking Haboob is blowing up my hair. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get in the podcast and I'm gonna look like, like he was a couple years ago when his hair was all over. <laughs> Dude, I remember that shit. That was a straight I'll dad hair. What the, you know, I never Listen, asked that you, was man, an but... interesting time in my life. Okay. He was a mad scientist then. <laughs> yeah, he was. The only thing he was like, Why did me? I was going through science. <laughs> okay. All good, bro. All good. Um, so back when you were straight yeah so we had so i was 13 14 years old that's when i was a wannabe right so i was a eighth grade freshman um i lived close to the freeway so underneath the freeway 
Oh, that's that's street cred too, bro. Oh, dude, I got the street Shit, knowledge, man. Bro. A lot of people under, are missing that these days. Overpass, you can see from the front porch. Come on. Yeah, man. So anyway, I'm under the freeway, kicking it with with everybody, drinking forties out of the fucking Hell yeah, bag, dude. I still, I still love me a forty. Oh, oh, is what I was gonna say. What's the brand? Oh, Mickey's boy, dude. I was getting fucked up. I'm 13, 14 years old, but I had that independence because I was raised by my great grandparents, my paternal grandparents, because my mom. And my dad had me and my older sister when they were fucking adolescents themselves. Hey, I'm a latchkey kid, man. I'm All right, the there you go. Yeah, yeah. So we were raised by my great-grandparents who gave you the freedom, right? And I always showed them respect. If they said, be home by 9, I was home by 9. Ooh, you, know? you better be On home. the dot. Oh, yeah, I got to swing dimes. Before, uh, my cutoff time is 845. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Listen, I mean, if you're rolling in and there's even a pitch of dark, you better grab a switch off the tree on the way in. Dude, uh, seriously, better. when you're a kid, you know, street lights turn on. And yeah, you're hanging out with your boys right. and you're like... I got to go and you get on your bike. That was the sign. Quick. That was the sign. And so, um, yeah. And so, you know, back in the day, you know, I would, I would go into the freeway with my buddies and we'd be drinking and just getting fucked up and, you know, going to. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> going to Sherwin Williams, grabbing some fucking <laughs> spray paint. <laughs> see, now, this is all revelation going on here because people uh, see me it. now. <laughs> there is no way they're thinking I'm fucking doing this Orlando shit. Orlando getting fucking chrome domed at fucking 15 under an overpass. <laughs> like that's a handsome man with nice hair. He did not graffiti people's shit. So there is graffiti going on. Is that There's silver hair from going on. spray paint? <laughs> were you good at? Were you good at graffiti? Yeah. No, I wasn't good at tagging like you see the New York style or anything like that. But I. <laughs> I had a name right. that I would tag. What's your AKA? And my AKA. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> my AKA was Sir Orlo. Ooh, Sir Orlo. A 13 year old. He's like, I demand respect. I am Sir. Sir Orlo. And then you I would. respect Sir Orlo. So I would spray paint Sir Orlo. I would spray paint Martinez. Which is my last oh, name, Bob. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotta respect the plan. Um, yeah, and so uh, and then we go and fucking spray and get in the bag and sniff that shit. And, oh yeah, yeah. and then drink fucking, our forty. That'll send you thirteen, fourteen fucking years old, right? So yeah. you know, my whole life I've been basically drug free. That era, thirteen, fourteen years old, was when I was doing. Got uh, into it. Yeah, I got into that. I got into fucking mescaline, which Ooh. you know. So mescaline. That's some adult shit, bro. Well, the mescaline. You'd be doing mescaline in your forks. It's like a hallucinogenic. It's like acid. It's like Mickey Mouse acid and shit like that. I didn't that. know about it, this. It specifically bridges the parts of your brain in a more like, like it really helps you truly hallucinate because it takes down like the barriers inside your brain. I've heard of it, but I don't think I've ever. The heard one of reason we dug it back it. then is because it made you fucking laugh. You were laughing. Oh at sure. Everything. Your fucking pupils yeah. were dilated like just this, giggles. Right? Yeah, that's it. That's yep. exactly what it is. But again, you, you eat mushrooms? No, I never have. Oh, okay. Never Similar have. experience. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, never have. I'll leave um, you with mushrooms. Got a big old bag. <laughs> I'm pretty good, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He he's said like, he's shaking his head. He was shaking 14? his head yes, and then he's like, I don't want it. Shaking head yes. I can't let them know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, but sports was okay. my outlet. Sure. So I was playing baseball from the time I was eight years old through high school, through Catcher, college. Right? <laughs> and now you can see in bullet time. <laughs> He's so, serving the bullet, and the coach is like, catch the fucking ball. Which one? He's like, I'm curving the bullet, dog. 
I'm matrixing. He's like leaning back every time the batter hits it. He's like, stop catching. Put your glove up. Uh, to circle back. Uh, he looks like a catcher was a pitcher. <laughs> and shortstop. And third base. Oh, oh yeah. That's right. Shortstop. Um, that's, a, that's the... That, just because I don't know anything about baseball, quick sidebar. That's like the, the baller field position, right? Like, yes. You got to be. Sure, stop is it, man. Yeah. You got to have those moves. Yeah, you got to have those grind, those, uh, to get the grounders, the fucking yep. line drives. Okay. All right, all right. You're you're the captain of the infield. You let the outfield know what's going on. Um, oh man, we could talk baseball all day. I love that bring sport. You back. I grew up playing baseball. Did you? Yep. Oh man, we could talk another Ooh. time. Yeah. Um, Part two. Yeah, so anyway, you know, 13, 14 years old doing that shit. And I realized that, you know, um, I also grew up in an environment, in a family environment that wasn't conducive to the way I wanted to live. It was a, a, a lot of drug use, a lot of incarceration. Okay. It was, they, I use that as an example of the life I didn't so want to live. So you're seeing it set up in yes. front of you, you kind of dip into that a little bit and you're like, oh, Correct. shit, Again, time to pivot right. out. And another, that's exactly okay. right. And so I pivoted out. Strictly went into sports uh, and then continued on sports. So really, my only drug since I was 15 years old has just been alcohol, and mm-hmm. I, I don't even drink that much. But you know, I feel like as you get the deeper you get in the beer industry, the less you drink. Like, I don't. I, I, drink, I mean, I don't drink. To, as, yeah. No, to, to be when honest, I don't think I've seen you drunk in the field ever. And it's yep. pretty like, and not that everyone's hammered every day, but it's pretty common to have seen your peers drunk at least once or twice. In an event, especially an event, like if, yeah. you, if you put a big event together and you're like hosting it and you're like, all right, this is now I've, I've executed. Now I'm Ooh. enjoying. Uh, but like I, I well, drink more, I drink yeah. more working than I do at home. Yeah. Same because it's me. like, you're almost entitled. Like you're almost like forced to, right? Like you yeah. get to, I always well, say there's an expectation of supporting an account, and that's usually done through a transactional monetary, yeah. hey, I'm here. While I'm here doing business, I'm going to make a Support purchase you. from you. And yeah. the way you yeah. do that is you buy a beer. And what do you do with that beer? You just leave it on the counter? Like, that's fucking rude in a Drink handful half. of ways we don't have time to get into. Pay it forward. And so you put it through your fucking liver. And when you've done that, how many ever stops during a day? And sometimes the stop turns into three beers while you wait. And yeah, it, it becomes... It, it, and it's it's hard to explain sometimes to people where it's like... You don't have to drink, but it, right. and you're an, you sort of do. It's <laughs> it's literally all around you. Yeah, every place you go to, you're able to drink. Hey, one drink. Hey, one drink. You don't have yeah. a drink in your hand. Here's a drink. so I do want to get into a couple like finish out. Yeah, yeah. The direction of where you've where the, the now gotcha. that you're in the beer industry where you've worked because I do have a couple questions. Okay, cool. Once so we get through that. So um, so worked for DBI. I had a career path. My next um, position was going to be national accounts. And so my wife lost her job in California, but had an opportunity down here in Arizona. So she threw Arizona on the table. Now we knew we were eventually going to come down this way. We just didn't know when. Mm -hmm. So it happened a lot sooner than expected. Did you have family out here? She had a brother. She has okay. a brother. And that was and kind family. of a, that was, a, a helper of why it, you it wanted did. to be out here. It did. We Because of the fact that I've been coming down here for over 20 years for sports-related reasons. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 So oh, spring training. Spring training. Spring training. Baseball, I course. played baseball. Oh, I played course. in the fall leagues. I played in there in tournaments, shit like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you've played in some of these. Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Shit. So Definitely got to have part two. So when I started dating her, I brought her down. She fell in love with it. We knew eventually we'd want to move down here. So we got down here a lot sooner than expected, right? So in the process of coming down, I interviewed with um, the wholesaler that isn't distributing our product. And and so um, they wanted me to come in at an entry level. And I said, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that. And and, that was three and a half hours of my day. 
yep. doing a panel interview with four or five individuals for entry level for entry level and they said and no you've made so. them regret it every day since. yeah i hope so and so um <laughs> so i ended up working for coke coca-cola okay so because of my pepsi experience latched on with coke because i really didn't know about our current distributor i didn't really know about any of the local suppliers or anything like that so i ended up working for coke and then the brand manager that I worked with in Northern California became the brand manager for Hangar 24 in Northern California. Okay. So when they launched out here, they he called me up and said, hey, come to the launch. We'll catch up. You'll meet a few people. If you want to get back into the industry, it might be an opportunity. Hell yeah. Yeah. So they had the Hangar 24 launch party at uh, Falcon Field. Dude, to this oh, day, yeah. it was one of the best fucking launch parties I've ever been really? to. Really? Ever. Right next to my house. It was so fucking awesome. I got video. People still talk about it. Giddy was there. He had the... Yeah. Really? Yeah. I anyway. Like you had the food truck there, yeah. Um, and so I met, I met the owner. I met the director of sales. I met uh, the guy who had the regional market manager position as well. And within a month, he got fired for sexual harassment. Uh, so my ooh. buddy called me up and said, hey, man, this position's available if you're interested. So I applied. And you know, I, I was told I was one of 18 candidates that ended up getting it. So I, I, that's how I got me back into the industry. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so oh, I awesome. tied it all up. And so that's how I got back into the industry. So that was uh, 2014. Yeah. I've only been in the state 10 years. So 2014 is when that happened. And then I was with them for four and a half years. Um, as good as the liquid is for Hangar 24, there was a lot of dissension. It was no no investors and no um, um, no executive team. It was one individual that ran everything, so all the decisions went through him. And everybody he hired, he would never let them do their job. So he made all the decisions, and if anything succeeded, he took the credit. Yep. If everything failed, he passed that on. Yeah. So um, oh, in four-plus years I was with them, we went through four director of sales, four director of brewing. That's so tough. Market. Yeah, it was tough. So anyway, they pulled out of the state, lost my job, and then uh, did some part-time work with Mother Bunch, mm-hmm. and then latched on with Founders as a rep, and then now the regional market manager. So I oversee Arizona, Utah, and now Colorado. So, okay. Did you so? What? Mm-hmm. Mother Bunch. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I had some questions. No pretext. I knew nothing. I know nothing. No pretext whatsoever. Mother bunch. A brewery we've literally never mentioned on this podcast. Ever. So Julie, Julie and Jimmy are good people, and they, and I had a great relationship with them. Yeah, and so... Um, I know nothing about Mother Bunch. Okay. Except for... The most recent news? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So I am pretty blind to any of it. Right. Small seven barrel system downtown uh, Phoenix, well before Roosevelt Row came to yeah. what it is now. Um, good people. Founded by Julie Meeker um, and St- Jimmy McBride. Jimmy McBride. Uh, Julie Meeker is important because, like, uh, for every Leah Huss and Megan Greenwood we have, yeah. she kind of like. Uh, Leah was already running Papa Go, but Julie Meeker had been in STEM her whole life. She's an amazing engineer and had been uh, super into art and in food and had been trying to build a brewery for a long time. She'd been part of Ash for fucking ever. I think she's probably one of the original members. Like she is female Arizona beer and she took a huge swing in downtown. Uh, Her husband, Jimmy's an amazing dude. Uh, Shout out both of them. I know Jimmy's not doing hot and Mm -hmm. I love him. Um, Right on. Me too. I had actually tried to barter a deal with Julie before Mm. everything went to shit to keep them there and to convert it. Wow. I didn't know that. That's awesome. I wish I would have come to fruition. Yeah. uh, Listen, man, I 
you know, you can swing for everything, but um, back to specifically, um, we're here to talk some shit about the mistakes <laughs> two people we very much love and are good people made, and uh, and then people around them made. So let's talk about it a little bit. Okay. Um. So there, I this is what I don't know, and what I'm actually interested to know is. Um, so as far as I'm aware, Will Hampton became their brewer. Uh, from what I'm aware of, he basically was just never at work and not doing anything. And then, and again, my information only comes from one place, so I'm just uh-huh. kind of looking for some clarity here. Um, and then because he was just, I, I mean, I would literally once got a call from Julie and she's like, hey, have you seen Will? And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, what? seen will no not in months what are you talking about like yeah we're we're, we're not like best friends over day like <laughs> why why are you his boss calling me it's so weird so you get to about the brunch what's going on no will was gone by the time i got there okay so this is oscar no well oscar uh omar omar sorry yeah so jerry was still there uh, oh jerry Gant. yeah uh, so jerry was still there director of the arizona craft brewers that's right knowledge <laughs> so jerry dangerous. jerry was training omar so this was 2018 december of 2018 is when i lost my job with with hanger okay and so in january so i've had a few local suppliers at that time know that i was out of a job they all reached out to me mm-hmm. but uh, the offers weren't what i wanted or the positions weren't what i wanted so i kind of held out well because of my relationship with julie and jimmy they said hey listen work here part-time you know while you look for a job you know we'll pay you so much per week and commission for everything you sell. Cool. So, you oh, so you were doing sales for them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's all I was doing. And so um, so I kind of set my guidelines. They were fine with it. It worked out well. Um, I was Self distro. Yeah, exactly. But they had somebody drop it. So I wasn't okay. doing anything. I wasn't. I Good. was just selling. Yeah. And they say they had somebody drop it. So I'd stay in communication with Omar all the time. But um, so it got to the point where I was selling more than what they could brew. And uh, I think a lot of it was based on my relationship. First off, the liquid. that is uh, a dope-ass thing to be able to say. Not even a brag that I was selling more than they could brew. Right. That is not a, a lot of reps. Not a lot like. of reps can, yeah. can say that. I was at a place today and had a conversation with the rep who said the same thing. And he was saying, uh, you know, I can't go out and sell because there's nothing to sell. And I'm like, fuck, man, really? Mm-hmm. It's tough. It's the nightmare oh. of a salesperson. Yeah. It's, it's genuinely the nightmare of a salesperson. Yeah, I agree. Like For a small brewery, yeah. especially, you know, that's tough, depending on what you... Yeah. There's, there's a week where I'll be like, I don't have much to sell. Right. Because I'm just waiting on a truck. Like, I've got 400 kegs sitting in my brewery right now that could be sell, sold, but I'm just waiting for things to land so I can get back into it. But to genuinely be like, I'm waiting for fermenters to do, be done and then kegged right. and ready to go, like... That's a different story. Well, I think also, you know, you they try to be innovative. So you got a small brewery that wants to be innovative, that wants to try to brew a different style all the time. And in the process, you're losing facts of you're losing the fact of, well, this sold for you. Yeah. And now you're not brewing it until next week. And now you got to wait another three weeks. It's mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? You know, that's what they want. Yeah. Quit trying to be innovative because you're too small to do that. Mm-hmm. Put in, you know, they want to put a small batch on, you know, their tap room, but they forget that I'm out Give there. Give me four beers to sell that I always have. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. You know? And so, um, so I, I was working only two days a week for him. You know, I chose my days. The days were always consistent. And um, 
kind of helped you float until you found the next exactly. gig. Exactly. And I was, was keep, the next gig yeah, founders. Yeah. Next gig was founders. And I, I, I kept them in the loop so they knew what was up. So I took the job with founders uh, as a sales rep at the time. And that found, founders at the time had four. I was the third rep in the state mm-hmm. with Tim and Corey down south. And then we had our market manager, Andrew. Um, so it was a lot easier because everyone just covered a certain respective yeah. area. Whereas yeah. with now, Kayla technically covers the state, right? Mm-hmm. And then I oversee the state. So we don't divide it, but she has her responsibilities and I cover off the rest, right? Yeah. So don't know what's up. Um, didn't know what was going on with Julie. They actually told me that they were looking at opening a second location in Tempe. They had, they had their, their eye on a place they're going to open up and they wanted me as a director of sales. Listen, when you're not paying your taxes, you've got all sorts of disposable <laughs> income. That's, that's probably why when I gave my, my amount, they said, yeah, it shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then, by the way, we well, gonna, I pay taxes, so. we're not even going to claim your taxes. Yeah. I'm not going to pay your payroll there taxes. Was, so I should have caught the red flag when there was no pause. And I said, well, I probably would be looking at this. Yeah. That's not a problem. Yeah. So <laughs> sure. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the last yeah. brewery I, I worked at um, before second chance, the brewer was getting his taxes taken out of his paychecks, but the brewery was not paying it to the uh, IRS. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I've heard about that a handful of times, even here in the States. Or the States. Uh, he got Arizona, fucked. This state. If you're snagging beers, I'd grab a beer. Yeah, snaggles uh, a beer. So, I want to try this one. <clears throat> this is the uh, Highball Drifter. Oh, I do want to try that yeah, one, yeah. that's the one. It's a oh, bourbon. I just saw this at... Are we um, also discontinuing um, this immediately? Uh, it's coming Chupa. back with new graphics. Oh, yeah. That yeah, was part the of the, yeah. the, the donation for Heath. Um, um, so, now that we've kind of worked through the like your line of work, where you've been, what you've done, hit me with a shitty coworker. Oh. Well, I already gave you two. You Those know. were incredible. Oh, Mike Wolf and Christine Carr, right? So okay. let's make Say it, it, it a trilogy. Let's make it a trilogy. <laughs> while in the uh, industry, right. while in the beer industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna have to call out the owner of my my previous impl- uh, company, man. Ooh, all right. I mean, I got some shit to talk about. Hangar Twenty Four, too. I mean, this is about you, not me. But right, 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 go right. on, go off, King. All right. So um, when I got hired at Hangar Twenty Four. I was excited. It was my first supplier rep role, right? Yeah. And I was a market manager. So I got hired as, as a market manager, right? Uh, so Arizona, Southern Nevada, Vegas. And um, I thought that the owner was fucking righteous. I thought he was cool. I thought he was King Midas. Everything he touched fucking turned to gold, right? Then you get to know him. Little con artist field. Him, frat boy, narcissistic, you know, didn't give a shit what you thought. Mm-hmm. Basically, it was all about him. Right, but when he's when he's courting you, it wasn't even him. He, oh, it wasn't okay, even him. Okay. He so had he, guys. So he, he had sends in a love bomber. Yeah, what's that? It's called love bombing when you like overload someone with like positive vibes and then you yank back. But it wasn't so him. He, so he, yeah, so him. he sent in an assassin. <laughs> I didn't even meet the owner until I got hired, and then the day I got hired, the dude was fucked up. He was hungover. He was disheveled. We went to lunch. We're talking beer. You know, I'm I'm saying you know I. To be honest with you, I've never homebrewed, you know, and to this day, I've never homebrewed. I said, I'm all about sales. I said, I yeah. can grow Arizona. I've been there long enough to know the market. I've known, I know retailers. Yep. I know, you know, the wholesaler you're going to be with and so on. And so um, that's kind of where it went. And then over the course of those four years, his personality was 
privileged. You know, he had that sense of, hey, I started this brewery on my own and I'm, you know, I'm where I am now and the brewery's brewing 40,000 barrels annually. You know, we're in three states. Um, I'm fucking killing it and I'll fuck every bitch I want. Oh. He was still like that. Then something happened where... Yeah, herpes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Something happened where he fucking made a 180 and he saw the Lord. Ooh. No yes. way. Saul to Paul. <laughs> so, or sorry, it's... Yeah, it's Saul to Paul. <sighs> so he went into... He got into this religious kick. He started going to these fucking retreats and then he started bringing that back to the brewery. He started... So, there's a part where it's like, Wait, all right, dude. All right, hold on. You fuck bitches. You're kind of a piece of shit. I can work with that because I understand like what my expectations are. But then to hit it a literal 180 and be like, now I got to learn this whole new aspect of you. But also, I can't be who I am because you're going to assume yeah, right. I'm a piece of shit, even though I'm a good guy. But right. it's not the Lord's way. It almost got there. So which... It, it, he called me out on something. Which girlfriend was like the... You got to come. Dude, I could tell you stories, so, man. I could uh, tell you stories, uh, well, man. No, that's no, I can't, man. Who knows no, no. What's, who's listening? That's why. Yeah. How many listeners you guys got? Uh, Twenty-four thousand. Four thousand twenty-two. Uh, well, no. <laughs> yes, uh, four twenty. Uh, the uh, anchor <laughs> analytics say we have twenty-two weekly listeners. So, 22 shout weekly. out to y'all. Thank you. Um, you gotta fake pump these numbers, asshole. Lie. That's weekly listeners. You can't lie to me. No, those, are, those are honest weekly numbers. Uh, each episode gets about 30 so, to 40 listens. I mean, so did I mention, we've almost got 50 on board. Let's get there. I know I didn't mention. I'm, I'm being sarcastic. Oh, but did I mention weird. that um, his name came up in Rat Magnet? Oh! Yeah. Oh, that must have felt great to see that. Like, oh, was that, that the whole like uh, deconstruction of dudes in the industry? Yes. Dude, I remember when all he that was, was going He was called out down. specifically. Oh, God. Yeah, I... Dude, I saw that all happening, and uh, one of my employees, y'all can guess which one, um, was like, hey, so this is going down. Um, thoughts? And I'm like, uh, I think that's terrible for a lot of people who aren't me. So uh, <laughs> you're about to see why I'm awesome to work for. And uh, Vice versa, yeah. I stayed the fuck out of that. Because Dude, I straight up. I I'm heard, not a piece of shit. I heard, I heard some dudes in the industry being like, this is some crazy ass shit. I go, bet you'll never hear my name in there. Mm-hmm. A lot of that shit would hit ho- close to home, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, a lot of that shit did hit. Close yeah, to exactly. Home. Dude, exactly. my chick works in the roofing industry, <laughs> like she another like roofing or roofing roofing industry. Oh, okay. so she she used to be the operations of it. Now she just does bits and works from home. But when she was in operations, she's working with a bunch of like dudes out there doing hard work, and she would out like the guy with OSHA shit, and so she had to go out there and inspect everything, and she'd sit there and be like, "You guys aren't tied off, and you do this." And they'd be like, "Fuck you!" Like, yeah. like, and she's like, "All right, you're done, right?" Like, idiots. And they'd be like, "I don't have to listen to you." I'm the person that cuts your paycheck, yeah. kind of thing. Like, yeah, you do listen to me, but in like in super male driven industries, not that male driven industries are bad. They just happen to be industries that are male driven. Like, it'd be the this opposite if you're listening to is a gross. No, it, <laughs> first off. <laughs> I disagree with that entirely. Uh, okay. There are shitty individuals in every industry in the world. Yes. If but I as was your a industry dude, gets bigger, it invites more assholes. And I've been here for sure. almost fifteen years. It's so if there's got, ten it's people, gotten worse. There's ten people, and one so. person's an asshole. Does that make them bad? That industry bad? So same as if there's a million people and a, and, and a hundred thousand so people are, are assholes. Maybe this is it a, doesn't make that industry bad. It makes those hundred assholes 
fucking more assholes. Maybe right? this is a good time to revisit the the parallel of what the a few bad apples means. A few bad apples spoils the bunch. It's not like are the bad ones. Let's separate them. It's if you let them rot in the barrel, it creates. Uh, newcomers thinking that there's acceptable behavior, uh, just kind of like a normalization of bullshit. And as we get bigger... I think that's all industries across the board, anywhere in the world. Certainly, and we're in control of ours. And that's why I am always on, like, if if you're out of line, I will fucking call you out. Because, like, we can't... If you go work at, say... Say you're a hot dude, and you go work at a nail salon. All right. You're fucking into nails, right? Something about the calcium of the girls from your fingers and your toes... You're super into, and you want to be super scientific about it. And you want to go in there and make whoever comes in there beautiful nails. Sure. Do you think there's going to be some ladies in there that take advantage of that shit? Probably. Yep. Does that make the nail industry shitty? No. It makes whoever those individuals are suck. In all right. industries, there's people that suck. I wouldn't say the beer industry shit. That but what is the, a false I, equivalency because uh, the entire alcohol industry is marketed at the sexualization of women, and nails aren't. They're they're what? what? So try to understand it's women. Beautification women, of toes and fingers. Beautification and sexualization are two entirely different things. And beautification is something that women control and that they take as important. And sexualization is something that happens to women outside of their control. If a woman wears a short shirt and you sexualize her, that's on you. People sexualize toes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so I think the, your the biggest thing my, I've got to say is is the I'm making my own point, bitch. Uh, <laughs> is uh, sure. um, with all that rap magnet shit. Uh, yes, right. I've talked to enough people that are like, "This is some crazy shit." And I go, "Is it crazy shit? Do you expect to hear your name in it? Are you a piece of shit?" Right. If you're not, don't worry about it and lean into that. So like, yes, before we get sidebarred, I agreed exactly when I'd hear people say like, "Oh, it's pretty crazy, huh?" Like being like. I'm not going to share with you some anecdote about why I'm scared because I'm not. I wanted that shit to if get you would blown like, up. If you would like to talk to me about why you're terrified, please go off, King. But <laughs> So even if, if we're good people, there's still that outside chance that our name could have been brought up for whatever reason. It was the perception mm-hmm. of how it was received, right? Sure. So sure. Certainly. So, yeah. yeah. So I didn't fearful. I didn't fear of anything, but I was worried. Sure. I was worried because... You know, sometimes when, you know, if I'm hugging somebody or, or whatever the case may be, if I touch someone, sure. in a, what I don't think is inappropriate, they may think it's inappropriate. Mm-hmm. So I got nervous with all these fucking people. Well, you always, names you always wonder out, if so. like when there is, you know, with any kind of like scandal going on, if someone's just going to find a reason like, I don't like this person. I have an opportunity to group you in. Yep. Like there, yep. there's always I that don't like concern. you. Here's an accusation. And, espe- and especially Easy. when it's hammering your industry, for sure. Easy. But the, in... in uh, that that definitely is, is always warranted, but it's like, and, and I don't know if it's what Bobby was talking about specifically, but I did feel like there were some dudes who were like trying to like get me to like, like have a therapy session with them. And I'm just like, Hey bro, I like, I'm not your brother, man. Like I'm out here being married to a rad chick who will like literally just beat my ass and the ass of anyone right. I'm out here cheating with. And who wants any of this? I think one of the best things I had in my mind thought about was like, I, even if someone for some reason was like, Oh, I got called out. Okay. Then use your personal references of the people that are in the industry with you and, and lean onto them and go, yeah, that's a great okay, call. someone can call Who's you saying out. saying it? Why are they saying Reputation. it? So someone, anybody can call anybody out for right. any reason. Okay. But it's now it's up to your peers to Bobby believe it or not. So, yeah. And it <laughs> no, was huge. Was so, uh, <laughs> but it's, if you've got a hundred people around you that are like, 
no, this person's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but one person called me out and they go, well, that I don't believe that person. Correct. But if you've got 100 people and someone calls you out and like 12 of them are like, no, he's a good person. And Well, has that subject come up at all in any of your podcasts? I mean, because it, it, it really deconstructize, uh, deconstructize, we, whatever talked, that fucking word is. We've talked around, yeah. we've talked around this industry. The, the event oh, yeah. a handful of times. We've not talked directly about the event itself. So maybe we should add a little clarity real quick for it. So I always forget what the name of it is. Um, what did you say it was? Rat fuck or <laughs> rat, magnet. rat magnet? Rat magnet. So there was a uh, a very well articulated woman who uh, put together a pretty well constructed social media post that kind of like encapsulated the toxicity of what has become the craft side. So it was of- like well over like two hundred um, individual like. Um, um, what you would experiences experiences yeah. from like direct sources. Yes. So someone right. would say this person harassed this to me, and then they sent it them. Who that was like the mass organization of it. Like she Rat Magnet, the in, the Instagram uh, account, yeah. posted that everywhere. Yeah. Well, she ended up dealing with death threats, mm-hmm. uh, incredible like slander lawsuits, uh, loss of employment. So. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember. It was hands. It wasn't hands together. It was my brewery ended up doing some part of it. it was but they there was this big, like like the all hands together and the black and yeah. beautiful. Those things were like a bunch of breweries doing. They donate back to her because she had literal death threats, like crazy yeah. lawsuits against her uh, for just posting DMs. Yeah. yeah, and and it's always so weird to me in an age of digital receipts what people are willing to just really throw into the ether. Um, which is wild as shit in its own right. But it it really did uncover this, like, dirty rock we have. Like, if this is industry secrets, one of the things we always say is beer people are the best people. And, uh, you know, Sam Caligone uh, is famous for saying that this industry is 99% douchebag-free. But again, he said that when there were 1,200 breweries in this country, and there's not 10,000. Um, and so people... Ha- in Tons of these breweries have been involved in like corporate mergers, investment firms, all sorts of stuff that attract deuce culture. Like what attracts people to craft generally is a love of like being outside of the system and like creating your own path and like being able to like have this like, I don't know, there's just something unique and fun about craft. Whether you're a cellarman or a brewing genius, jerk off motion. Um, or you're a sales guy on the street. There, 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 there's a passion to it more than there is just like going out and making sure Michelob Ultra hits like their 2% growth for the year, right? And um, it just constantly becomes this, I don't know, just increasing nonsense of like, yes, that is all true. But now that there's a lot of us, there is an ugly underbelly of what's going on and we need to stop fucking ignoring it and hold our own accountable and get them the fuck out of here. And, you know, I, I run a couple of on-premise establishments in the state and the one here in the city is most known for the fact that we create a safe environment for women and we bounce bullshit fast. And that is what keeps it going and that is what keeps people wanting to regular as an establishment. We've been told this directly by consumers. And uh, our industry needs to get its shit together. And and, and again, this isn't like a, 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 I think a, call, a call to action. I think I, you're being a little too harsh. No, I 
maybe I, I think just, you're being too harsh. So, so again, maybe I'm not being too harsh, but what I think I think you're being happen, too harsh. No, uh, I've I've seen things that have been texted to women. I know it's Certainly. fucking gross. Bring we that. We need to bring normalize. That to light. Yes. So just bring is, that to light. This is exactly where I said it. What I want to do is, what's the purpose of strength without using it? Tell me who it is. Give me a name. I'll call them out on social media. See what they want to say. I will call out any bullshit asshole, both sides of any aisle or gender, as long as the day is to keep this industry. Like, I love this industry. I love the people in it. And just like any establishment I'm in charge of, I want to bounce bullshit the fuck out. And and maybe I'm just being hy- hyperbolic because I'm trying to make a bigger point. But I want... Bobby's got the right attitude. I've got the right attitude. I know you do. Like, we just need to call out our own more consistently, publicly, right. and shame them. And because getting into physical altercations is technically illegal, shame them. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it wasn't for Will Smith. Will Smith, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that Chris happened. Rock had fresh prints on his head. Dude, do you see that shit? The, uh, he open palm slapped him. Yep. And that's because... You see uh, that cross form? Well, and, that, and that's because... Uh, uh, paper beats rock. Uh, <laughs> see, these are all great jokes I haven't heard Dude, yet. I said, uh, I said, uh, what did I say? Oh, uh, it was in the group chat and how he fucking because if you do the the meme of it, he's like the karate chop yeah, thing he, slap. Well, well, he's, he's he's controlling his. his I was his like, you know, right. you know, the night before he marathoned uh, the karate kid with his kid like in it with Jackie Chan, and he's like, dude, I'm ready. My well, body is ready. When his son was in karate, yeah, so yeah. he rewatched that like. Yeah. All night long, he's like, I watched Jaden, or whatever his yeah. name is. Yeah. yeah! <laughs> no, that, that was wild, but... Uh, it, I still it, think it's fake. It, well, so, first of all, Will Smith is... And one his of, wife would do great in G.I. Jane. Well, first of all, Will Smith is one of the greatest actors who's ever lived. So, if you're going to sell that emotion, he's the guy for it. Um, if it wasn't staged, what we watched was... One man assaulted another while he was doing his job on live television. <laughs> yeah. And because Easiest America court case ever. And because America yep. expects black men to act like that, they literally did nothing midstream in a live And they let him stay. Imagine yep. if one of them was white. Yeah. Either one of them. Oh Ima- my imagine God. imagine for a second, nothing changes <clears throat> except they start making out for more than thirty seconds. <laughs> do you, do do you think that they both get to stay? Like that's Why the problem. Why did they get to is, stay? Is, is the violence was just so ex- because look at so not to get political, but like everyone's mad, bro. Like someone is getting smacked. Someone fucking your wife. You're gonna get mad at somebody. So the academy <laughs> has something written in their bylaws that if anything like that happens to a winner, which he won 20 minutes later, right? That they can pull that Oscar from them. They should have pulled that Oscar. So I'm surprised. Uh, they we'll should have pulled we'll that Oscar. Well, that I hope was, they pull it. That was the Leo obligatory Listen, Oscar, by the way, because Will Smith has deserved an Oscar for 15 years. I like Will Smith. Legend, I am Legend was. Great. I like Will Smith. Mm-hmm. I am Legend was outstanding. Oh yeah, uh, that don't should get not to, have happened. You yeah. do not get Seven to pounds. walk up to someone and assault them and get away with it. Also, and then get an award that same night. Also, by the way, he we could just away, made it look phony. That's what yeah. that's what got me because he kind of came away with a smile, a smirk. And smirk. He also and, and smiled. Kind of when he, uh-huh. We we have video evidence of everything. But when he was yelling, he at made him, the joke. Mm-hmm. He made the joke. Will Smith laughed. laughed. Mm-hmm. Looks at Jada. Gets up. 
And that's why and, my favorite and meme. Will Smith is a bitch cuck. And that's why my favorite <laughs> meme is his wife's <laughs> fucking other dude. Dude, I know. He it's, sees that and he's like, "Oh dude. shoot, I gotta, I gotta play the the media role." You can of... talk all you want about open marriages and her doing this dude yeah, yeah, yeah. and me doing this chick, but don't say anything about. Yeah, don't say her hair doesn't work. Yeah. Like she doesn't can't grow hair. Like so. All these are great points and, and valid jokes. My favorite, because of all of this thing we just talked about, my favorite meme, and I think I sent it to you, is just a picture of Jada looking disinterested in an interview, and she's like, I'm not impressed, Will. Tupac would have shot him. Yes, I saw And that. I was like, that's the one. Yeah. It's like, Will's out here still With trying to fucking... Motherfucker. Will's out <laughs> here still trying to... Dog life. He's trying to outlive Tupac's shadow still. <laughs> Listen... Will Smith is the second rapper to get fucked up by another rapper so bad it fucks up his life. And that's he's only number two because Machine Gun Kelly exists now. Yeah. <laughs> Eminem fucked him. I don't think up. I know one song that motherfucker sings. Well, uh, uh, I know. Or uh, raps he, he, or whatever. No, no, he it's was a rapper. Kill he, just, he dissed Eminem. Eminem released a diss track. He said he had a comeback, and then he's now wearing pink suits and married to Megan Fox. And doing punk. I mean, Megan Fox is a lot of shit, so. Listen, uh, I'm not. Uh, Saying well, any of choices a, are wrong. Are you a uh, are you a bourbon guy? No, I'm not, man. I don't That's once I, I can't get into certain spirits, man. Bourbon and whiskey. Not for Va- you? Yeah, surprisingly, Vodka is my spirit. Really? Yeah. Is that just a, like a, a calorie and carbs deal? No, nothing like that. It's you just, just like preference. It? You just got yank on that door. Uh, I just I can't. I just can't acquire that taste, but. I love bourbon barrel-aged beers. Yeah, yeah totally different, man. Totally <laughs> Which is different. wild. It is wild. Because um, I'm a sucker for good bourbon. I mean, you're looking at like some CBSs, KBSs. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, what you just dropped. These are barrel-aged, right? Yeah, bourbon. Um, and these are outstanding. It, it's strange. Like, I feel like most people in our line of work tend to yep. enjoy I agree. whiskeys and bourbons. Most do. Uh, do you like cigars? No. How, do you have to call on any of the cigar bars out here? Yeah, I've been unsuccessful. <laughs> I've been unsuccessful for a couple reasons. One, because I don't go enough. Two, because um, I I don't support them. Therefore, they don't support me, right? I get it. Right? But thirdly, um, there were some issues with founders that took place a couple years ago. And so I was told not to come back. So oh, I, have no not, shit. I have not been back. Before your time. Yeah, everything happened before my time, but it got released during my time. Ah. Yeah. I don't want to go into it, but um, fair. So, so we've lost a few retailers because yeah. of that. So on Saturday, I had an event at Brass Tap Mesa, which turned out real nice. Was it? That place is still open. It was cool. It was cool. Okay, so so I've I, what I heard from the event because it wasn't just a, like a founders event, right? It was like no, a no, bunch correct, of reasons. correct, correct. Um, so I wasn't questioning that your founders and no, no, I got good, you. right? That it was a bunch of breweries events. I wasn't part Brass of it. Had Mesa had so a I heard, brewery event I heard, uh, yes. I heard like the build up to it. And I was like, this sounds awesome. It was. And then uh, their like new chef was like, it was. They they didn't do it the right way to maximize what they could have done out of it. Right. I agree. So that that was why I asked because. It's they don't have someone now as a manager, as a mm-hmm. general manager for their locations, um, to maximize what they should be paying attention to, which is beer sales. Right. right? It's beer sales with a little bit of food to make to make more beer sales. Right. Um and so from 
like the back outside, someone I know was like, I thought it was poorly put together, but I didn't talk to anybody that I talked to prior that they had the event to see how it went. I think obviously so on your side, I think obviously it could have, it could have gone better. I mean, it could have been marketed different. Um, I don't necessarily think that that's the right venue or account to have something like that. Absolutely. Um, and every DJ that participated in it was very different. Some were great. Some were fucking had me moving, right? Some Hell were yeah. like, fuck, get rid of this mm, fucking dude. And this guy doesn't do drugs. Dude had him on the lokes, just dust him off. But where I was going with this is um, our distributor rep showed up and we were talking about the situation that I was just explaining where there's some concerns with us not being involved in other uh, uh-huh. accounts anymore because of our history. Yeah. And I didn't find out until that day that there are new owners at some of these accounts that I never knew. Absolutely. Yeah. So because of that, there is an opportunity to get some pods playing. Absolutely. With some of those. But as far as the cigar bars, no. Unfortunately, um, we'll do Puro every now and then. He'll pick up something. Hell yeah. You know, Fox. No, unfortunately not. Um, Fine Ash out in West Valley. He was one of our top accounts. Mm-hmm. He was one of he was the top cigar bar for us. Hell yeah! yeah. When when I used to make shout it out, out to the West Valley, him. yeah, shout out to those guys. When I used yeah. to make it out of the West Valley, Fine Ash was like one of my best accounts out in Westgate. It, literally, if you counted at Westgate, my number one account, obviously Gila River Arena. Shout out, we <laughs> Grand Canyon sponsors the Coyotes. Uh, but my number two account was Fine Ash. Yeah, in Westgate for sure, and C forty eight sold my beer. Which, uh, they're no slouch, but Fine Ash sold more beer than C48 did. So, we do got to wrap this up. Um, I got to get my car. Dude, I still got to get my fucking car. Like, it might give me right. They just called me, uh, if you want to, otherwise, Brooke's going to do it. Um, because I got to get my. Jack's at the nail salon. I can give you right. Perfect. Um, Chris. So, they close at six. Yeah, Chris. (laughs) They close at six. Um, and they said people will still be there at seven, but I need to get it regardless. Yeah, so we need to get tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> Orlando, this was a good appetizer for what has to be another episode. So, dude, I would. You know, how next long time, you been fucking doing this? Next time you come on, you got to bulldog is, us. This on, is on episode thirty nine. Yeah, thirty nine. How long is that? A year and a half? Two years? Uh, well, the fuck? Years Why is it taking so long? Weeks. <laughs> fuck no love, so man. Three, three quarters of a year. No love. You're on right now. Lady. Listen, I can't win any either way. We have a list of people we want to invite. Whatever order I invite them on, everyone's not happy about it. <laughs> listen. Well, listen. I got some. I, you I got some real on? juicy stories that I was thought I was going to share tonight, man. But I'm gonna have to wait now. All right. Listen. It, it was like first off. To be fair, I was. We late. love a part two. I was. I was super late. Yeah, but we that, made that, up for it. Yeah, we made yeah, up for yeah, it. Yeah, I. So. I uh, I. I got screwed. I, I thought my tire change was going to take 45 minutes, and now it ended up taking an hour 45. Oh. So I just bounced. I just Ubered <laughs> out to, back to my house and just left my car there. So I got to get it. No, I, so I, I already <laughs> think people are going to look at me in a different light knowing what I fucking did in 13, 14 years old. Listen, However, the stories that I didn't share, I might lose some friends. Oh, listen. Dude, that's oh. the best. That's, up, why we'll bring, like, that's why we'll bring you back for part two. When so you, you get to share those are. stories, and you're like, this, this is who I am. Take me or leave it. That's like, how I was. Listen, man. Know, uh, I always got to premise it. Yeah. I've, preface I've learned, it. I've learned a lot about you today. And what I've learned about you is that I want to sit down with you for at least another, this is over two hours, yeah. uh, at least another two hours, uh, and <laughs> learn least. a little more. I mean, this is uh, this has been uh, uh, a beautiful insight to a man I already loved. So, right on, uh, brother. I appreciate you. Appreciate your time. So... But uh, got a little business to get to, which is yep. the local shout out. Now, oh. I did the right thing 
and uh, give you some show notes going in so you're aware of this already. Mm-hmm. So we don't need to. So if you're ready, go ahead. If not, me and Bobby, right. Bobby will mention whatever event he has tomorrow. <laughs> so I got no events tomorrow. So my, my local shout out is not Discount Tire. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I had Specifically a, at. I'll tell you this. I had a great. What are the cross streets? I, I'll tell you. But I had, a, <laughs> I had a great industry shout out this week. I've been prepping for it. And I have to push it to next week because of how mad I am with Discount Tire. Uh, they said 45 minutes. I went and checked at 45. They said it'd be another hour. Uh, I Ubered to get to my own podcast at my own house. Uh, so my shout out is not in this, is not uh, Discount Tire on uh, Southern McClintock right next to Bottle Shop 48. Thank you, Bottle Shop 48, for at least letting me kill some time while I waited for those tires to be changed. All right. Not not, not dis- Discount Tire. Not, right. discount, not discount Tires. tires. <laughs> uh well, I guess I'll uh, go next. I just got back from Wickenburg, as you know, fan. Um, <laughs> last time I shouted out Mecca Bar, big shout out. Wick, <laughs> Wickenburg, <laughs> West Side blown up. Uh, three so fingers gang signs. Three fingers well, that's, up. That's, hey, <laughs> Alex, where are the Mexicans here? You don't get those gang signs Oh, like oops, that. sorry about that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, you. Yeah. you saw Jameson Ooh, button up. For the um, you one of my homies, I say. But uh, speaking of things in Spanish, uh, there's a bar next door to Mecca <laughs> called Lo, La Cabana. Um, something like that. No, it's La Cabana. Holy shit, he's going to struggle I thought, with this I, one. I could have sworn there was an R in there, but maybe there's not. La Cabana is what he's going to call it. In any it. case, that place fucks, and it's awesome. Um, it's a dive. It's a local dive, mm-hmm. and it... I, I don't know why, like, normally, like, you're like, oh, Mexican restaurant name, they've got killer food, dive bar. Um, there's no food at this place, so I have no <laughs> idea where the name comes from because it's just a dive bar. Right There's on. nothing Mexican about it. Uh, however, it's awesome. It's in Wickenburg. Um, shout out. So we do, do we do on and off? Whatever uh, you want. No, no, we're whatever you want. I got I to gotta shout out to three offs, okay? Let's do it. Ooh. Because... Two of them are in my top three in the state, right? So shout out, shout out to Alan, Craft Beer Hopstop, Alan, man, Alan Husseino, Craft Beer Hopstop, dude, smile for uh, just brighten your whole day. Absolutely, good dude, good, genuinely good dude. Knows craft beer. Mm -hmm. He definitely knows craft beer. He runs a store like I would want to run a store. Mm -hmm. Rotate. Advertise social media, work with the supplier reps, all that shit. Yep. Work with the wholesale reps. Anyway, Great shout day. out, Alan. Love you, brother. And then uh, also up in that area, Deep Amita, Quick Stop, Fuck Craft yes. Beer Quick Stop. Got a shout out to them. They are they were my number one account two of the last three years. Okay. Nice. Now this is an account that I, I we've had some disagreements and we've had okay. loud conversations in the location. Oh yeah, and it's just it, that thick though, right? What? I so said that's just ethnic, though, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, 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 it I mean, it was all good because it, it's it definitely got worked part out, of that. It's yeah. definitely part of that. Absolutely, that, that culture. And, and yeah, so, anyway, yeah, yeah. shout out to them. Love them. Yeah, Thank you for all your support. That, that, that is such an underrated account. All right, so here's one that's a shout out that Kayla has brought along with Founders Get and Run. All right, shout out Kayla at 1631 South Val Vista. They worked extremely well with Kayla when she was with her her previous company, and she grew that company dramatically in that account. And now with Founders, we have a fucking door. Hell yeah. They brought in a two-door cooler and we have a fucking door. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. So 
shout out to to Mark uh, at Get and Run, Kayla. Thank you for your, thank you for everything that you've done. And then as far as on prem, this is one Bobby might know, um, Tap Dragon. And the only reason I got to give Jen um, some credit because she's a real G. There was there was some misunderstanding in the past that she would not answer my text and not answer my phone. So I went down there, I talked to her, we worked it out. She respects me, I respect her. We got it worked out. Now they got us shit in there. She so she is she's she's a hardworking badass woman. Yeah. Um, Listen, love Jen. Uh, I am aware of Tap Dragon, even though they don't carry my beer. Shout out Jen. Um, <laughs> I do drink there like three times a week with Andy and Adam because they live right there. Yeah, that's right. I, I see him there every time I have an event. No there. idea why she won't give me business, but. She is a badass. I love the place. I think it's one of the smartest. I'll, hey, I'll sell that last in case of uh, 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 Fit for Hot There's uh, one I, case left I, as of this morning. Liz has been lying to you. Ghost I've been out of Fit for Hot for three weeks. So uh, <laughs> Liz is telling you tales. <laughs> yeah, Liz doesn't know what ghost cases are. Uh, <laughs> she doesn't? Uh, I don't know. I'm, uh, sure, I, I'm sure she does. Uh, I have actually not ghost. Uh, coach Liz on ghost cases, but she's also not told me that she thinks that there's more fit for. I, I literally, uh, in my weekly meeting shout last out Liz. week, yeah, Liz hey, Lizberg, love yeah. you, baby. Hey, Liz <laughs> Lizberg, I heard that one. shout out, but I did tell you in last week's uh, end of week meeting that we were out of fit for hot topsy. Um, but listen, if we have a case, I'm gonna say, dude, when she texted me this morning, she's like, There's one case left. I'm like, I'll buy it, just. And, Pull it as a sample. I'll pay for it. And uh, just in the in the real theme of this podcast, me being mostly wrong, um, chances are she might be right. Uh, she tends to be uh, when we talk a lot. So uh, maybe uh, CCD was wrong and she doubled down because she talks to them a lot more than I do. Hmm. So I'd love to get them more beer. Uh, but no, and, and I was just being pokey and shitty because uh, hopefully you'll make Jen listen to this and then she'll have to like talk to me the next time I'm in there. But no, she does run a good business. It is awesome. I I, I think that whole, like, first of all, it's 22 per week and 40 per episode. Thank you. Those are the analytics. You guys Um, keep chatting. I got to piss so bad. All right. I tried holding on to it. Okay. (laughs) Well, I'm going to open my mouth. So, Orlando, you talk. Uh, (laughs) I can keep talking. I'm garrulous. (laughs) Garrulous. Garrulous. But no, uh, for sure, shout out Jen and that whole place. I do love it. It took me forever to get in there uh, initially. Um, Well, I just... I'm busy doing things, yeah. um, which is what I tell everyone. Um, but, <laughs> well, I didn't even know Steen was bartending there. Sam's bartending there. Lots of great industry people I know were bartending there. Thad. Um, shout out yep. five episodes ago, I think. Um, love love a great – so I want to kind of take it back for a second. Um, Popico Brewery was – not a brewery, but definitely a tap room. But it inspired a lot of what we do, even in my own company. Like, part of Flagstaff, if you go to the right when you go into Grand Canyon, Flagstaff is very Papago-influenced. Mm-hmm. You can tell if you ever spent time at Papago. Um, that vibe that I feel Tap and Bottle and Bottle Shop 48 kind of, like, very much perfected is what I think the future of tap rooms looks like. Rift does it well there's a lot that do um but to circle that back to tap dragon they're a part of that right and i think that they kind of brought something unique and interesting which is the disc golf shit on the patio yeah and it's such a popular thing and for for people who work in the service industry you might not play disc golf because it's an affluent sport for rich assholes um (laughs) but 
surprisingly, there's not a ton of courses in the places where people can afford to like play disc golf regularly, right? A lot of courses are, you know, uh, in more either public spaces or more what would would call urban spaces. Um, and so I just I think it was really unique that like that is definitely a need in the area. Like Emerald Park is right near there, um, and it's. Uh, so they have a disc golf park right next to it for sure, but it's like the only one for quite a while. And some disc golfer is probably like screaming into his speaker like, you're wrong, but like get a fucking life virgin. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I really think that it's cool. They have this mini like little disc golf thing on the patio. Yep. It's, it's not bags. Right. Right? Right. Like the, right. The, their, their reach and cooler is four doors. Their tap list is 25 handles. It's, it's, Everything I love about this business and minimization. And we and yep. we talked in the yep. car a little bit about how I, I like to minimize things. I don't like the overwhelming of choice before we start recording. And it, it really just is like... What were we talking about? Uh, we're still talking about um, Tap Dragon. Dragon. Oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. them and like Sugar Bar and... Uh, I haven't been to Valley Tap Room yet, but I've seen some pictures. Uh, and like a lot of these places are like really starting to get more specifically into this like groove that gets away from and and not that divided vine and wandering tortoise aren't fine concepts but it's getting watered down and overwhelmed yeah and so we need something a little different something a little more like i said like papago was and it it kind of lends itself to like you know more of like a community hangout rather than like uh this is a space for craft nerds right and I, i've just really come to appreciate the fact that that part of the East Valley is finally starting to get some stuff like that because I know that's really close to where like that Yotes or that Coyotes place was. What was it? The Ice Den or whatever. That place has been something new every six months for a mm. while. Have you hosted one of their uh, disc golf? The Dude, there's so much I know, fun. man. There's I know. so much fun. They have... I, I don't know how legal it is. <laughs> what? The the disc golf. So you're putting five bucks in. You're essentially gambling, right? Like, uh, you're getting the money back it, if you it, win. It goes to charity. Yeah, you're right. It does go to charity. Uh, it is phenomenal. Yeah, like, I agree. They've we, done something that no other account's doing, right. and it's working so well. That was the brainchild of Steen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah so, oh, you mean the disc golf fucking slayer? The, yeah, the right. homicide yes. fucking golfer? Like, <laughs> dude. Brings her own chair to the fucking dude, you were, tournament. You were at fucking Sierra Mad Disc yeah, Golf. Sure. That's where we said, dude, didn't she win? Oh, fuck. <laughs> I got a story about that shit. Let's hear it. Okay, I heard, I heard you guys and, and what the fuck happened with <laughs> with this fucking chain guy Dude, holding hand to hand to hand and he slips in there. Okay, so somehow we ended up with a fucking eight some, right? I mean, we we had eight guys in our group. Four, you fucked seven other dudes. <laughs> That's a lot four, of dick. Four twosomes, right? Yeah. What's the math on you that You know what's fucking pissed? 30 feet. Fucking Kayla was with my partner and she was the only chick in our group. And I felt so bad about mm-hmm. that because she's still learning the industry. She's oh, still learning yeah. individuals. She's still getting to know supplier reps. She knows some, but and not these many. these personalities are wild. Yeah. Right. And so <laughs> so she had seven other guys around her, right? So anyway, one of the dudes, I've two of the that, guys. I've seen that video. Two of the guys. <laughs> come on, man. Shut up, Kayla. I apologize. That was yeah. a poor taste. Two of the guys. Hey, Will Smith will slap you for that. <laughs> I should slap you for that, yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> Two of the guys weren't in the industry. They were friends of people in the industry, right? Uh, so one dude had this fucking fishing reel that retrieved. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. It was like a fishing thing, and it, it had a... Yeah, it, yeah, had it a, has the V. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he fucking retrieved like 20 of our fucking discs that What day. a guy. At, our, at the last hole, uh, someone retrieved two of our discs, 
and uh, uh, he did it, and I literally just chucked mine in the water, and he immediately he just walks over, see, sees that I did it, comes grabs me, he's like, "Here you go," and I'm like, "Thanks." Uh, it was, it's still the only disc that I own, which is yeah, right. free when you get it. <laughs> and then someone else threw theirs. He didn't see that we threw it. And he just happened to be fishing, grabbed it, and uh, and I like look at the dude. I'm like, the dude who threw it. And I was like, by the way, that dude grabbed your disc. Yeah, like, that's awesome. I'm like, I don't know what you want to do, but he gave me mine back. And he like walks. He's like, that was my disc. He's like, oh, here you go. And he's like, actually, keep it. That's like, awesome. So, so yeah, we did the second week at Tap Dragon, and, and um, I know it's grown since then, and it's gotten better, and it's gotten oh, more yeah. fun. Dude, I've just walked um, in there on a random Wednesday, and I'm like, uh, there's Tuesday. nowhere to hang Tuesday, out. Tuesday, yeah. No, 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 I'm just saying oh. a random day of the week, and I'm like, nothing going on. I'm like, there is not a place to have a beer Well, here. here's the like, thing as a rep. It's so like, busy. You don't quite know, because we're not able to go to these places every week, like or like mm-hmm. or not every week, but every day like to see how their business is, that I, I end up doing an event with them on a uh, Friday and I was like I'll help drum you up business cause I don't they're new I'm like I don't know if they're doing let me do it. you a favor well I mean <laughs> hey hold tight it may sound smug to say, think of it that way oh, but no, there's what, a lot of accounts that we go I'm literally here to drum up more business for you if that's not what we did for a living we wouldn't have jobs yeah, but yeah. we we had on a Friday yeah. and I was like hey I, we just had to push it from one week to the next so I was like either way I'm still helping you like drum up business on a Friday mm-hmm. and it was it for how busy that was the event was alright for me great for them because they were just packed and I'm just sitting there like they didn't need me. What am I? I needed to do this event on a Monday, not a Friday. Like I needed this on their slowest day because it was hands on. It was like people being incorporated in it, and they could do it whatever it was from their seat. But it was it would take 10, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, I showed up an hour late to that event. Yeah, actually. and uh, and I just remember being there. and I'm like, why the fuck am I here? Like she doesn't need me this week. Well, like, Tuesdays were their slowest days. That's why they did it on that day. Now and it's probably like become one of their business. Thirty people just in yeah. that one disc golf tournament and it's like for the listener it's like cornhole game but with disc golf mm-hmm. and it's it's super difficult but if you're good at i mean it's super difficult for me because i'm dog shit at the length you need to throw for like it's good it's hard disc golf you're not gonna like veer it into traffic or anything unless you're an asshole right so it's it's the perfect distance to kind of like just lob a few and even if you're bad it's still fun just like bags it was fun but it's yeah. hard if you're great at oh, disc it's golf. absolutely hard but like what i'm saying is is like just as like a consumer who may not have experienced it, it's not like you're gonna wing a disc off into like no, no, no. traffic. Like it, it's yeah. gonna stay within about twelve feet of wherever you're at, and you're good to go. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But it was, it was it was it's a phenomenal turn. It, 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 it blows my mind how it's been sitting in front of us as a community for a decade, and they're the ones that did it first. Like literally seeing, and I've probably said that word far too many times on this podcast. I'll get Jack to give me a check. Um, literally. Yeah, I'd do it. It's uh, uh, one of the boys from 12 West the other day was like, say literally one what more time. And I, I didn't want to get that pen for like four days. We actually uh, saw you the my dinosaurs. dinosaurs. Listen, yeah, my dinosaurs. Uh, yeah. My kid's also a huge fan of dinosaurs. So. Jameson was down here this morning when I was uh, getting some, some computer work done. He brought his dinosaurs down, was drawn on them with the, uh, <laughs> the uh, whiteboard markers, and then he just left them. So well, well, let's wrap this bitch up. Well, yes, but oh. one more thing. Let's so, keep this going for nine more hours. Let's uh, go. Well, no, I just, I, I feel we have <laughs> a, a unique moment. We've lost 40 of those 44. <laughs> it's actually, actually, the oh, longer it's, our episodes, new number. Are, the, the longer episodes, the more viewers. 2,500 episodes. Seriously? Yeah. Because um, they're so and, engaged. And specifically, um, our longest episode 
if we have one more question, Jake Johnson gets dethroned. We're on. He's been dethroned. Who does? Oh, by Joe. That episode doesn't count. Um, because <laughs> we travel to yeah, we travel to New Mexico. Uh, oh, oh. But listen, we got time for one more question and a part two, uh, and we just need ninety more seconds. You know what? I, so. First off, if you don't bring me back. I'll be pissed because you fucking had Kyle Blessinger on here twice and you had to listen to that motherfucker talk to you four hours combined. Kyle, I love you, bro, but come on, man. No one's like, hey, I'm happy I'm alive just compared to that life. Listen, that's uh, that's my favorite. It, it, dog. It's best to catch a train wreck dude, before it hits hilarious. a mountain. Right? <laughs> so uh, that's what I'll say on that. Uh, <laughs> uh, filler, 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 filler. <laughs> Sorry. No, just r- real quick. Uh, we, we do have a question that's on the docket. It shouldn't take long. Um, oh, for and, me? And and you had kind of really glossed on it uh, early into the episode. Tell me about an I quit story. A what? An I quit? Oh. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, you've talked right. to us about the businesses and the, and the fine points. Give us... Give yeah, us the walkthrough on I how will. you just fucking asked it out. At this point, I'm having and another then, beer. All right, and so Christine Carr, we're going back to her. Is Ooh, that cool? I can do that? Bitch. Oh, yeah. All right. This bitch. So I was with the company four plus years at that point, right? So she became my manager within my last year, right? So this was a chick that wanted to be part of the, the in-group, but she was not part of it, right? Mm-hmm. So she kind of You had to earn your way her, into that. Yeah, she infiltrated herself into it because of her role, right? Because of her position. Mm. She wasn't cool. She wasn't hip. She wasn't rad. No, she wasn't any of that. And so that sucks, um, that sucks when you're like a human thumb. <laughs> God. She was like, like that, man. You're there, but like it's not interesting. So I think maybe Bobby, not in your case, Alex and I, we've been around for a little while. We kind of know when somebody that you work for is not supportive, right? Maybe oh, you encounter, yeah. yeah, maybe you've encountered it. Yeah. But but you, you kinda get that feeling like fuck she's not standing behind me in any way this person's not my manager is not standing behind me and she's giving me grief and she's doing this shit but she's not doing it with my counterpart or my peer she's an advocate for me or or they're barely even doing their own job right exactly and so um i realized that she was trying to work me out she was trying to turn me out she was willing she wanted me to quit on my own an aspect of that too is when they're on top of something that they don't want, when their higher ups yep. are checking in on them, they're calling out all your faults and going, "See what I'm yes. checking in? Like, now it's I'm, part of I'm it. seeing these things, so I am doing my job. Because without me, you wouldn't know that all these problems are occurring. Yeah. You're right, and but so, they're fabricated problems. Well, That's right. And also, the thing is, is that your job is to solve problems that they don't need to hear about. So, is a person who comes into the middle of that, like you're out solving problems as a job. And now she's out here like, look at these problems. And it's like, but I'm actively out here solving them. Like, what the fuck's the problem? Right. So I called her out on that. So, you know, we've had our one-on-ones. And I I said, hey, listen, um, I feel that you're doing this. And and I don't understand why. Can you explain, you know, why I feel this way? She goes, well, I can't explain why you feel that way. But I'm not doing this. And this, you know, I feel that you (laughs) need to be doing your job a little bit better and this and that. I go, well... Let's you know. I can't if, explain it, but let me tell you how to feel. Yeah, well, if you if you <laughs> look at my my subgroup compared to other subgroups, I know I'm not near the bottom. I'm not near the top, but I'm not near the bottom. So why aren't you doing this to the people exactly. at the bottom? Yeah. And I feel that you. I, I literally it called it out. I feel that you're working that you're me looking out. Looking at me. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So the time the point came where you realize that you know whatever you do can't win. Right. You're not going to win. So yeah. I fucking resigned. So I left. 
I gave her my two weeks, and when I gave her my notice, I told her how fuck. I didn't curse. I was very respectful, but I was adamant at the same time. Saying exit it. interviews. But, but isn't that exit interview came later. The, so, is it but not exit interviews are like one, one of the best things that any employee leaving a company can do. If they honor Have that. It. Yes. Yes. Well, so even you, did, so, you didn't get one? No, I did. Oh, okay. I'm, so regardless is whether you're a coworker, whether you're someone's boss, whether whatever it is, is an exit interview because most coworkers, regardless how far away they work from each other, they kind of have like the same gripes, right? And they're like, hey, we're all under this one person or this shit is going one way and we all complain about it, but just to ourselves internally. Yeah. We don't ever bring it up. So they are sitting there begging someone to be like, hey, you're quitting. Please bring it up to the owners. Like, please bring it up to the managers. Like, bring this person up or this thing up. Because if we do it up, if we bring it up, we might lose our job or something might happen. So those those gripes at an exit interview, it's it's one of the biggest things. Yeah. It, but you also have to go to a professional who's not just like, oh, fuck this person. Sure. Like, you got to do it the right way. And you go, this is the reason I'm leaving because of this thing or this person well when i resigned and gave her my resignation i told her that she was the most unsupportive manager i've ever worked for Mm -hmm. i told her that you know i i never really appreciated her i never felt she had my back i really felt that she was still learning her role and that she's going to lose one of her better candidates right and then in my exit interview with hr i shared the same thing Mm -hmm. um just gave more depth in depth details of you know why i felt that way so i'm glad you're able to do that but that was uh so that was just a straight like a two oh, that notice. Was, yeah, I had nothing lined up though. I yeah. had nothing lined up. My, you know, my wife knew I was miserable. I was sharing with her. I mean, that's you take that shit home, bro. That you quit without a job. Like that's how yeah. much you hated. But you, correct. What was but you also have to make sure that. You but know, you believe your in spouse yourself. has something going on to where without it out. Yeah, that's in the back of your mind. You believe in your skill set, right? Like, uh, yeah. like you're not like, oh, what am I like gonna do? Like, you're like, I'm gonna land in this industry ish somewhere. Like, I'll be fine. Sure. Because you have a skill set. It's just, it's such a wild thing to like be so unsupported. Like um, when I was trained in leadership, everyone tacks onto something different, right? I really latched on to the advocacy, you know, uh, submission to duty is leadership kind of part. Like, so for me personally, and all leadership, all leaders are different, but like for me personally, if you're not advocating for your employees on the daily, if you don't have their best interest and future in mind while you're making more money and have better benefits than they are, yeah. you are not, you don't have their best interest in mind and they have every right to leave you um, when they feel they have a better opportunity. And that's just how I've always felt about it because if you're not advocating for them, like I, I tell Liz all the time when she's working the market, I'm like, listen, I'm your boss, but I work for you. Like, tell me what you need. Let's work it out. Like, I'm going to have needs sometimes where I'm like, hey, I need you to go do this or I need you to cover this or like, yeah, sure. like, but it is part of your job and you probably would have naturally got there anyways. But at the same time, like, I will meet you where you need to be met to make it work. Is it always going to work? No. Am I flawed? Yes. Like, just set the proper expectations, right? Right. right, right. Yeah, go ahead. I think it's easier to do that in this industry where, you know, the conversation you have with Liz could be very different when you're working in a corporate aspect like 7-Eleven. Yep. You know, so 7-Eleven, you have your onboarding, you know what the guidelines are, you know exactly what you should be doing, but you also hope that that manager is there to support you. Now, her predecessor was another guy I stay in touch with. He was fucking one of the best. So you know it wasn't the training? 
Right. It wasn't the training. It was fucking her. Yeah. It was her. Sometimes and so, shitty personality. Sometimes yeah. there's pieces of shit in this world. <laughs> Listen, and, and I don't want to talk shit about dogs because dogs are amazing, but just like humans, like even a dog every once in a while has a shitty personality, right? Yeah. And humans, 10 times more likely. And sometimes it just, uh, sometimes nepotism is a hell of a drug. <laughs> How do we get to nepotism? Well, you got your shit. cousins working with you? No, no, no. I just... Uh, your daughter working for you in house? Uh, no, well, my, my, my children will work for me but uh, because that's how family businesses work. But I was just... I don't know. I was feeling like a vibe, like maybe she was brought in by on nepotism. Oh, right. Okay. I was just feeling a vibe. Um, well, I think it was the same thing that re- refers back to Mike Wolf. I think it was, was just one of the, you know, I don't know if it was a quota per se. Insider man. Yeah, something like that. Golden Child hired her from a certain aspect, hired this guy, Mike That's Wolf. That's nepotism, man. Like, nepotism isn't just like, you're my daughter, here's a job. Nepotism is also like, hey, my best friend who I went to high school with who feels bad about bullying me is a, a record executive, and now here's. Uh, one recording studio in front of an executive for free, and maybe you get rich fast. And that is actually a real story. But um, <laughs> I'm not VH1. It's not my sort of tell. But you know what I mean? Like yeah. nepotism comes in all forms. And, uh, you know, a lot of the things you, you, you hit on was did not do her job, didn't support you. Like it literally just sounds Trying like one of those jobs where you're crowd. like, you're just like ripping bong rips and, and just blowing the football team. And the next week you're running a whole sales division. It just kind of feels right. like one of those. Yeah. A little bit of vibes. Um, Lots of times, man, it's just like you're saying, the it crowd is is just being a yes man, right? Like, it'd be harder working, but if you push against your boss, you're like, I think this is the right way because you know what you're doing. But someone walks in and they're like, I whatever you no say. But but there's people out there like, I just want to hear yes. And as I go up, Certainly. I want more people to say yes behind me. So if I go up, I'm going to bring them up with me because they're going to keep backing me up on these things. And if you're Rather listening than, to this and you feel comfortable with that... Get your entire. Dude, there's there's life. a reason. There's a reason I like it, at least in my line, like where I, at least like in my career, like I I've directly told the owners of my company, you keep me around because I tell you the shit you don't want to hear. Like that's good. Not yeah, that's because I I'm tell annoying. you what you do want to hear, uh, but I'll also give you like other sound advice that I think is right. But I'm, when you say something, I've had a lot of meetings with them where I came from Arizona and drove to San Diego to have a meeting with them and go. This is wrong, and if we continue with it, I'm out. And if you want to keep with it, that's a great idea. But yeah. I'm not about it. My philosophy has always been this. If you're paying me for my opinion, I'm going to give it to you. And uh, I'd rather you like not be entirely comfortable with what I have to say because your yes-men or your family, your friends, your, your weak business-minded uh, cohorts, lots of people who want to uh, you know, ride your train – those are your yes men. I'm here to make this successful. So what I need to do is when you say something stupid, I need to say no. And when you say something that sounds great, I need to be yes and. This is improv, right? Like, yeah, that is good. And let's figure this out. And, and have those ideas are going to be wrong. But Honestly, I just think most people, in whatever line of work they do, mm-hmm. don't be afraid to tell your boss if you don't think something is a good idea. Yeah. Right? Like. They're hiring you for your expertise, unless you're, like, learning, right? Like, if you're two That's months into a company, That's... right? Like, learn, listen, S- listen to their but, expertise. But you should also be silent just because you're new. Like, if, if, you, if, you're taught, no. if you're taught a system, do the work, and if you have a question, fucking ask it. Not like, ask this it. doesn't make sense, yeah. I'm That's not going to ask though. this question because I'm training. No, it doesn't That's make different. sense, ask yeah. fucking question. Like, well, yeah, yeah, and I just want to clarify, because this is life advice hour at the end of this, but... <laughs> 
We've done a local shutout. We're all a little tipsy. Don't worry. We've drank the uh, I don't even know if I'll be able to get my car anymore. Um, oh, Jesus. Yeah, I we... told them to leave my keys in the seat. I'll find out. You need a ride? I think Bruce is going to take me. We're going to okay. get the kid. We're going to go right over there. I told him to leave the, the car keys in the seat. I was like, I probably won't be back by 7. It's paid so. for and everything? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. You left that in Tempe? <laughs> Tempe. It's in Gilbert now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's just in... That's, <laughs> just in Mexico. You dumb son of a bitch. They left the keys in there. I told him, I was like, just leave the fucking keys on the seat. I will uh, come get will, it. They will, then. They will. So... I and with that, that, I'm going to come. Yeah, dude, I got to go to Denver. Uh, on I'm leaving for Denver on Wednesday, so I need the, the tires done. Tomorrow, I got to do, I got to wake up early as shit and get some computer work done so I can get like, I haven't packed a thing. I don't even know what route I'm taking yet. Hey, uh, just uh, as a, as a, as a no long... No bueno ese. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever been to Denver? Yeah, I was there two weeks ago. Where should I go? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Good lord, Orlando! Now wait, wait, wait. Uh, go to um, Fart Bar. Go to Herb Box. I got, I got. No, I no, got, no. I got Star I, I, Bar. Cerebral Brewing. Ooh, yeah. Okay, Cerebral. I got them. I've got them. Yeah. Like um, I just am screenshotting things. Beer House. I've already got them. Beer so House. those are the two breweries Obviously, that I would recommend. True. Right. True for sure. Obviously. Um, yeah. Beer Stadt. Yeah. I heard it was rad. That's the one I was just re- Beer House. Yeah. Okay. Beer Stadt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, we went to we visited a few accounts that were pretty badass that I don't remember the names with right now, but I could text you. Yeah, <laughs> shoot me a text with some yeah, of these I places. I, do I have your number? Are we even friends on Facebook? Oh, do you shit. have an Instagram account? Uh, <laughs> Facebook. All uh, right. Well, uh, <laughs> we, don't, we don't know each other's last name. Shit. What's my last name? Vigil. Oh Ooh. fuck! I feel like an asshole now. I knew that one. Um, uh, yeah, I what, uh, listen, we're going to wrap this up. Orlando's going to come uh, grab a flag to throw his colors all over this office while oh, we shit. grab a picture. But uh, before that, Bobby, uh, I'm just going to say this right before we go out, and I'm going to sign us off. Um, check your backpack before you fly to Denver. <laughs> Love you, buddy. Talk to you later. See ya. Cheers.